Rest of Amandog Russo, and you're listening to the Howard Stern Show featuring today's guest, Christopher Amandog Russo. Take it away, Howard. He's going to be on fire today. Listen to Mad Dog. I love it. Hey now. Hey yeah. Now. Motherfucker. Yeah. Ooh. That's hey bad. Mmm. Motherfucker. Ooh. I'm laughing because I'm now checking your hair to see how the ants are. Oh, don't ask. Hey, by the way, before I forget, Rob Zombie has a new album out. I, oh, he um, does? I, I have it on vinyl. Both. Really? I have it on, yeah, he sent it to me on vinyl. Do you have I don't anything have to, to play vinyl no. on? No. So maybe I'll give it to Fla Fla Flo High. But I don't know. Are you a Rob Zombie fan, Fla Fla? Hmm. Guess not. He's still sleeping. I don't know. Sleep. He's asleep. He'll wake up in a yeah. Dulu Buki. Buki. Dulu. Dulu Buki. Dulu Buki. Gary Dulu Buki. Dulu Buki. Buki. Dulu Buki. Just going out on the street and. Just going out on the street and having people uh, try to say Delabate is a whole radio Gary show. Yeah. We just show them Gary's name, and then they just have to say it, and it's beautiful. Well, the, it's like these people can't even read. There's no C's no. and S's or anything in Gary's name. Well, they must be able to read a little bit. I mean, they got the Dell part. <laughs> After that, if you put three or more letters together, <laughs> they're they're lost. Gary Delabicio is sort of reading. Gary Delabicio. Now, that's improvising. That's what that is. But how did he get the Dell part? He must read something. I think three letters, they're good. If you go right. beyond that. Uh, Gary Delabicio. Everybody gets the Dell. <laughs> now, I was saying, Rob Zombie sent me the the uh, vinyl, vinyl <clears throat> disc of his new album, but I don't have a record player. Do you want it? Sure. I would yeah. take it. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Would you like Beautiful. a record player? No, I don't want a record player. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. It. I don't. I don't like. What, it. Does he have one lying around? <laughs> no, but I would get. I, I know a good one to get, Howard. I would get him a when good record one. players were the thing. You know, when that's all you had to listen to music on. I hated them then. They were horrible. It, everything was bad. The records would warp. This whole fascination with, you know, that technology, the past, is just awful because it wasn't perfected it was just it was imperfect it was horrible i mean i can't tell you how many times i get a record and it was warped or or my or record player somehow or something i mean sometimes i take them right out of the package and the records would be warped and but you uh, had to be so careful even if they came out perfectly it was yeah. ridiculous oh it's horrible and I have horrible flashbacks to handling vinyl at radio stations where i was you know the dj and you had to be careful with the records. I didn't have time to be careful with the records. It was me alone in a studio trying to segue these songs together for the audience. And it was a lot. It was very nerve wracking, quite frankly. It was the worst part of radio for me, all the technical bullshit. And what about when the cut, you know, we went to albums and the cut was in the middle of the record. Oh, please. You had to try to figure that out. And you're queuing it up. And if you're nervous, if it's your first day on the air, your hands are shaking. You can't even, I couldn't even get the record down without my hand shaking. I mean, vinyl is just a piece of shit. See, Howard, I think for you, your hatred of vinyl comes from, comes from that. Meaning you never had the opportunity to just 
use it as a consumer. It was your job, and no, you equate it I, with that. I'm in high school. I had a record player in my room. It was a piece of garbage. The music was horrible on it. Had a, it had an inferior needle. It, I wouldn't have millions of dollars. Couldn't buy some elaborate sound system. It was this little tiny record player that had two side speakers that you could detach. Right. And it sucked. It just sucked. You know, my, my iPhone has better sound quality now. Anyway, Rob's new album is called The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. It's his first Billboard number one album. It's a very, very good album. I listened to it digitally. So uh, I did not get to experience it on vinyl. So is this a solo album, not a White Zombie? No, album? White Zombie's over. It's Rob. Rob. Rob doesn't need this guy. Rob was White Zombie. He doesn't need that bullshit. He's, <laughs> he's got not all good going music. under that moniker no. anymore. No, he, I mean, he still has musicians and he has a band, but he's just like, he's Rob Zombie. You know. But I'm just saying, there's no pretense that there's a band. No. Rob's like, fuck you. <laughs> Rob does a really cool thing on the new album. I mean, he's been doing it his whole career, but uh, he has a lot more of it. He mixes these weird clips. I guess they're movie clips of monster movies into the music. And sometimes I go, is he making that stuff up or is he getting actual clips from movies? Because I don't know monster movies all that well. But I mean, all of a sudden you're listening and it's like some you know, guy talking about chopping up a woman or, or a woman talking about revenge on a guy or, or just some monster kind of bullshit. And he mixes it in and it's really good. It's eerie. It's his thing. Well, he loves I, horror, yes. But like I'll be with Rob in my house. And I've had him over as a guest for a weekend and stuff. He's a totally normal guy. But I don't know what's floating around in his fucking head when he's not with me. Well, what's I mean, wrong with liking horror films? No, I mean, he, it's dark what's going on in that boy's head. <laughs> I mean, there's some crazy shit. But then I'll call him every once in a while. I'll talk to him. And, you know, he's talking about his days as a bike messenger. And, uh, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. Rob's totally normal. Then you see you like you... revenge movies. Do I think something dark is going on in your head? Yeah, but I don't play it here on the show. I'll be <laughs> locked up. You don't mix it in. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Rob is a good man, and he's got a new album out. I thought I'd give him a little plug. Yeah, getting back to me. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yesterday, man, what a day I had. I told you, I was besieged by ants in my bathroom. My bathroom. I have a ba I have my own bathroom. You know, I'm a celebrity. I have my own bathroom. Well, I have my well, own bathroom. Well, you're a celebrity. <laughs> That's what you are. Also, you live alone. <laughs> like Beth has a bathroom and I have a bathroom. <laughs> and my bathroom is a place of, of great uh, great privacy for me, you know. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, when the ants started attacking him. But when I'm saying ants attacked, I mean, I would go to the bathroom and I'd be covered in ants. And I don't even know where they were. They were it's like they were flying through the air and attacking me. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> flying ants. Yeah, I swear. They, but they weren't flying. But I mean, all of a sudden, I looked down on my arm and they'd be like, how did they, they possibly everywhere. get on me? Yeah, yeah. But how did they get on me? You know, and I didn't know even know where they were coming from. They were all over the floor. And I'm stepping on them because I go into my bathroom barefoot. I'm not wearing shoes. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or socks I'm wearing. And then I look at my socks and there's dead ants all over them. And. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And they came on out of nowhere. Like, whoa. They were little tiny ants, too. It was disgusting. Like, all of a sudden, I'd feel something tickling my arm, and I'd go, you're being paranoid, you asshole. And then I'd look down, and there'd be a little ant trapped in my hairs on my arms like it was a forest. Right. And I'm like, you little fuck, get out of there. 
And then you start, everything you feel might be an ant, right? Yeah. So then you're hitting yourself and yeah, wiggling you. around. Well, you know, everybody was very nice. They got on the air yesterday with me and they were giving me their remedies. Go buy this. It works in two days. I didn't have two days. I don't have two days. <laughs> we brought in a professional killer. Yes, assassin. emergency. Emergency. <laughs> yeah, we brought in a guy yesterday. This guy showed up at 10 o'clock in the morning. He was up there for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. He killed those motherfuckers dead. I mean, they were, you couldn't find them. I don't know yeah, what he well, did. I told you, anytime I see something, I just tell Captain Dennis and they disappear. Yeah. So I know we have our own killers. <laughs> we had, uh, I, I had the John Wick of ants here. I mean, <laughs> this guy came in. <laughs> I didn't even meet with him. I was still, you know, wrapping up the show. But he came in. But you in. don't have somebody who regularly comes in. Well, with COVID, we don't have anyone that comes in. So that's what yeah, happened. Yeah, but you never. Yeah. Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. We let everything slide. And plus, we're super weird with stuff because we have cats. You have cats, you know, and we were always like, oh, we don't want anything, you know, to get into the cats and because they're on the floor and blah, blah, blah. So, but according to my guy, this stuff, he goes, don't worry. This has nothing to do with you. It's not going to affect you at all. You know, it's not what they told all the workers down at 9-11. Don't worry. Go down there. You don't need a man. Well, they always say that. That's right. Go yeah, into right. that mine. Nothing <laughs> yeah. will happen. Uh, they said, you wait an hour. Let the stuff dry, whatever it is. And then, um, yeah. so I waited the hour. You know me. I'm super paranoid. I'm walking around my house, like, like holding my nose because I'm afraid. You, it's gonna... you didn't put on a mask. You know? uh, no, but, <laughs> no, but no, but uh, those ants were gone. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, you know, the guy explained it, some stuff they use, they even use it in like meat packing plants and stuff. So because it's so non-toxic, just to ants, I don't understand how that all works. Like, how is the there something that know. kills the ants? <laughs> the ants know to die, but people don't. I don't know. I don't buy the whole thing, but I don't care. I mean, even last night, Beth and I are laying in bed watching American Idol. I understand it was like those basketball finals and stuff. I, I just found yeah, out March this morning. Yeah, March Madness was ending, yeah. I'm like, I don't even know that. That's how little of a man I am. And uh, so we're laying in bed, and I, I said to my wife, Jesus, I, I feel like there are ants all over me. And she goes, I do too. I'm scratching everywhere. I go, yeah, let's, so we turned on the lights. We looked. There were, all, there were no ants. It was just we were having pee. We were having, like, flashbacks. Right. To the ants. Uh, but I went in there all night. You couldn't find an ant. They, they got the No message. white uh, sock uh, tree uh, test? No. Uh, no, no, you no. You know, no. you got... Out of there without any ants on your feet. It's just clean as a whistle. <laughs> you should have seen. I was so happy. It's like, fuck you, ants. Scumbags. Like, stay outside where you're supposed to be. Not in my house. But uh, we had our own little ant holocaust going on right in my apartment. I mean, yeah, my, you, my bathroom. A, you genocided those ants. They don't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> God knows where they were coming in from. The guy says he thinks that they come in around like the toilets and the the pipes, the sinks. Ew. You know, they can get in through there. It's not a window situation. So who knows? It's not a hole in the wall. They find, You know what it is? Nature finds a way to destroy everything. In other words, we're not supposed to be here with our houses and our technology. That, that Nature wants to reduce everything to just rubble. 
Well, and those ant, that was probably an ant crossing where you built your house. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, you know what? This guy's an asshole. Let's go get him. And they tried, but they lost. They lost. They tried. They're like, you took over our land. It's like uh, the Palestinians and the Israelis. Like, you know, the ants are like, you, you just took our territory. And I'm like, well, I need somewhere to live. Sorry. Where do you want me to go? The moon? What's the matter with you, ants? But um, who knows? This is the, this is the history of mankind. We move in, and somebody else gets moved out, right? That's this is uh, gentrification for ants. They have to get used mm-hmm. to the idea that they don't own this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you got a million places to go, ants. Just stay out of my house. You're just not here. You're not welcome here anymore. Yeah, I said to them, "Hear ye, hear ye, ants." <laughs> Get out of my bathroom. <laughs> I understand why ants would show up at like Richard's house or JD's house. But my house? I don't think so. Not going to happen. <laughs> no, you know, I have I... this policy with insects. It's like, I won't bother you if you don't bother me. Yeah. But the moment you get on me, you have to die. Yeah. Right. <laughs> me too. I even rescue insects. insects yeah, sometimes. I will lead one out. Of the right. window. If somebody, you know, like a fly gets into the house, I'll try to open up everything so it can get out. Yeah, me too. But if it lights on me, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> the ants, I just said, you know what? I don't feel bad about killing them at all. At all. <laughs> I'm so happy they're dead. Gone. Well, they were only going to be more of a problem. They were never going to cooperate. Oh, no. Oh, no. They they loved my bathroom. I don't know why. There's no food in there. I, maybe they were eating the toothpaste. I don't know what they were doing. But they loved it, and they loved laughing at me <laughs> and taking over. Like, at night, I'd go into the fish, and the next thing I know, I'm, like, covered in ants. And then Beth even said, what I do is, you know, Beth does our laundry. So, like, I used to have a hamper and stuff. I, I, I just take my laundry at night, and I put it on the floor so that I remember in the morning to bring it into the washing machine. You know, I put it in the washing machine. Why should she have to do that? So she was all upset because... I guess when my clothes were on the floor, not even in the bathroom, like outside of the bathroom, I put them in the in the in the um, in the uh, laundry room. There were ants all over the place because they were all over my clothes. And I'm, like, oh. Oh, I'm getting so yeah, I'm getting skeeved out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ants aren't cute. Like there are insects that are cute. I've seen some cute insects that kind of you feel bad for, but I don't feel bad for ants. There's no reason for them. Well, I'm sure there is a reason for them, but I haven't figured it out. Well, there is. Like when there were like dead animals on the side of the road, they take care of it and they clean it up. It's nature's, you know, cleaning crew. I got it. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. No cleaning uh, needed here. Right. <laughs> but I, I got a clean house. I don't need you in here cleaning. What are you cleaning? Uh, like ladybugs are cute. You know what I mean? I, I, sure. I like them. But I'm not letting 10,000 of them in here. They're going to die. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my my day yesterday. And then I, I Zoomed with a nutritionist because, you know, my doctor told me my health isn't what it should be, that I'm not eating the right things, that I eat too much sugars. I go, I don't eat any sugar. I'm, I don't even have any fun. You and, don't uh, even know what sugar is. Every carbohydrate right. is a sugar. Yeah, yeah, they started explaining that to me. I go, well, I said, I eat a baked potato with nothing on it. They go, that's all sugar. Plenty sugar, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I go, 
I go, are you kidding me? You mean all the deprivation I go through, all the nonsense I eat is not even good for me? Potatoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm killing myself, evidently. So that was what was going on with this uh, illness viewers last week? Yeah, I got tested out and they said I need to up my game nutritionally, that I'm not getting enough. Listen to this. I'm not getting enough protein and I'm not getting enough fats. So I was like, you know, and then they start explaining good fat, bad fat. And I'm like, oh, oh, everything. Good, bad, bad, oh. bad. No, I don't know what to do. Ah, I just, uh, I, I just, I couldn't take it. I'm, I'm like, you know what? I eat the same thing almost every meal. I explained this to the nutritionist and she goes, no, you're eating all, you're eating the same thing and you're trying to be healthy, but you don't know what to eat. I said, listen to me. I'm like a person in the military. You just tell me what to eat. Write it down. Every meal, and I'll eat it. She goes, uh, well, you know, but she's smart. She goes, listen, I don't work that way, genius. I'm going to tell you how to eat, and you'll figure out the meals. Yeah. But she was very helpful, very nice woman. And uh, this morning I amped up my, I had my yogurt, but now I have, I used to have zero fat yogurt for breakfast. Right. Now you know what I'm having? Five, like full yogurt with all the fat in it. Did you know that? Well, That's what uh, I'm you having. know, that dairy fat, I don't know about that. Yeah. She wasn't crazy about it either, but okay. I'm allowed to have that. <laughs> I said, listen, in the morning, I got to get down to the radio show. I just want something easy. I don't care that it's so. She got rid of my granola because that has sugar in it. Of course, it's all sugar. Uh, I used to, Robin, I measured it. I had two tablespoons. That was two tablespoons of sugar. Yep. <laughs> so that's gone. So now I have blueberries in there, you know, fruit with the fat yogurt and uh, my Metamucil, of course. Thank you. Uh, but now I take a handful of cashews and put those in my yogurt. And I got something in there, two tablespoons of chia seeds. You ever hear of this? Chia seeds. Yes, I never yes, heard of this. Yes. Yeah. It's got some but kind of protein. you don't have to get that crazy to get, you know. I got it. Good I got crazy and all that. Now, Hey, seeds. I used to do that where you put them in there yeah. in don't your make refrigerator. Fun. They look like I don't know what that. They look like. like ants. They look like ants. <laughs> Everything looks like ants now. I felt. I even looked closer. Said, "Are these moving? These chia seeds?" <laughs> and then uh, for lunch, I now have Tupperwares full of salad and veggies, and I had some salmon. But they're talking about I might have to start eating it chicken every once in a while i don't like eating birds well this eat- is what i was going to say i said now that you have had this epiphany and you don't want to eat meat you don't want to eat animal products this is part of your problem well no she got it figured out eggs are good i can have tofu that's animal product oh well that i eat i don't i'm not a vegan fuck that i have fish <laughs> and i mean i can't do that i don't know what these people are talking about i can't eat seven thousand pounds of beans to get some protein I'm just not doing it. I'm a man. I'm a grown ass. I man. don't like beans. I could never do that. I love beans, but you know what? I, I'm eating tons of beans. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, you know, I'm having uh, vegetables and stuff, and then I have some for protein. I'm having uh, tofu. I'm having mm-hmm. tofu. That's evidently good. Uh, that is not got... good for everyone. Uh, you know, you're you're giving this information out. Tofu, especially for women, can be a problem. Uh, I'm no woman. I don't even want to become a woman. <laughs> you might. You know, it's full of estrogen. Yeah. I oh, just is want it? to tell you. And you want to know what? I got titties now. I'm not kidding. I'm like a B cup. I got there you titties. go. 
But I don't know if it was psychological or what, but for two days now, I've been eating what the nutritionist told me, and I was like, I was very virile. I said to Beth, listen, bang a clock, let's go. <laughs> she goes, what? I go, come on. She goes, give me 40 minutes. She had just done the hydro. She is an animal on that hydro. She did two 30-minute sessions on that hydro. Wow. Yeah. I said, you know what? You're putting all this work into your body. Let me see what's doing. Give yourself 40 minutes. Let's get in the bedroom and see what's happening. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's my new diet or what, but she said I banged like a teenager yesterday. Two days, I mean, Howard. Two days of those two days? These fucking chia seeds. They got me pumped. <laughs> <laughs> but I was self-conscious about my body. I have let things go, you know. It's been harder and harder to work out. I mean, I have a sexy chest now, but it's a woman's chest. I, <laughs> I was in planning on that. <laughs> So I said to the nutritionist, you want me to write down everything I eat and I'll send it to you? And you, she goes, well, do you want to do that? And I go, no. She goes, well, then don't do it. What are you doing? Don't make yourself tortured. This is a very uh, laissez-faire kind of yeah. Uh, nutritionist. Yeah. She was helpful, though. She was helpful. So was your blood sugar high? Is that what was going on? There was a lot going on, yeah. Everything's got to be straightened out. I'm straightening everything out. Right. I'm on it. You know, I don't you have any fun anymore. in every way, huh? She even said to me, do you drink? I go, no, I haven't had a drink in years. Do you, uh, you know, you drink coffee? No, they took me off that too. I go, oh. I go uh, you can't find anything wrong. Potato is killing me, evidently. I tried to tell you that, you know, you told me you had this situation and, and you were eating potatoes. And I was like, well, you know, you said they were good for you. There's nothing left, Robin. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting here like, but anyway, I got a plan you now. You were just saying the other day, what was it yesterday you said? I ought to just let go and just do whatever I want. Uh, but it's not. not time yet. <laughs> but uh, she said once in a while I have a piece of my protein bread. I was like, really? I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out. She goes, no, no, you can have that once in a while. I, I go, oh. I want black you know or white. It was interesting because I asked you about that protein bread a while back and you told me what it was. I was like, why does he call this protein bread? That's what they, that's the name of it. It says protein bread. Yeah. I'm looking for the protein in that bread. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, just eat what I tell you to eat. Meanwhile, whatever I told you to eat, don't eat every day. Don't even, don't even eat. Don't even listen to me. Don't even, don't even bother. If you go, Hey, I wonder what Howard's eating. Just hang up the phone. <laughs> Protein bread's now like my ice cream, okay? That's dessert. I bought this loaf of uh, protein bread thinking I was buying something good. And it's, just, it's like, you should eat, you could have that once in a while. This protein bread's going to last me my entire new five-year contract. <laughs> <laughs> I could have a little, little hunk of it. But uh, today I got my lunch all planned out. Well, yeah. Three eggs, three eggs and vegetables. I'm good. I, uh, what? I'm going to make an omelet. What are, you're going to make an omelet? Oh, because yeah. I was just like, what are you talking about? Two whole eggs, an egg white, and uh, vegetables, and I could even throw some smoked salmon in there. So, because I got to get up to 100 grams of protein. Why are you taking out the one yolk? I do what she says. I do what she says. I don't ask why. I just, I even said, I don't want to know why. Don't even tell me why. Just write down what I should eat. 
Why not just have two eggs? Yeah. Why do you have to she have said, the third one? Come here. I'll explain <laughs> it to you in private. <laughs> Call me after the show. I'll tell you why. I have I guess no he idea. I you why. to have three ounces of protein at every right. meal. <laughs> you don't even Once. ask questions. I'm trying to nope. figure this out. No, all I say, I, she started to explain things, and she goes, do you have any questions? I say, I'm not hearing you. Just write down what I should eat. <laughs> write out the whole meal, and I'll eat it. When I got done, I realized John McCain, when he was in Vietnam, ate better. In he that he came out of the tiger cage in better shape than you. He came out ripped. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading some article in the Daily Mail this morning before I came down. I was fascinated by it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger has kids with Maria Shriver, but then he's got the kid with the maid. Yes. You know, the one that we, he fucked up, he fucked the maid, and he had a kid. I mean, not only did he fuck the mate, he fucked her without a rubber. Crazy. but Well, okay. you know, he was in a frenzy, I thought. Yeah. He yeah. saw her and just had to have her. <laughs> that, that guy is such a man. I, I swear to God. Arnold, he must Arnold's be eating like, chia seeds. <laughs> yeah, oh, he must be eating them by that fistful. Mm, chia seeds, good. He, <laughs> I mean, he's so virile that he just fucks whatever he sees. and I love like to fuck. like a caveman. He's hardly yeah. civilized. Yeah. I, I'm not civilized. I'm like a caveman. I, I fuck what I want. And he, he, like he sees a woman down by the rocks, you know, cleaning laundry and fuck, put dick in. <laughs> but I was reading this article. I was fascinated by it. Uh, Patrick Schwarzenegger, who's one of the boys from, um, from Maria. The, the Maria. It was going on a hike with the son from the maid. They, oh, the really? first time the, the paparazzi caught them together, actually being friends. So the two half brothers got together and they go to the gym now and work out together. You see the gym, the gym cure everything. <laughs> but he couldn't get Maria into the gym, but <laughs> no. the kids are in the gym. But isn't that something like every, everything with That's Arnold beautiful. is worked out? Yeah, it's all worked out in the gym. I'm you want to glad join? Because I felt for that boy. Who was now the like you know the reason no. the mom was leaving and right. yeah you know, that could be a ha- a heavy burden between Arnold's, siblings. Arnold's a good guy though you know like he like kind of he he fathered that kid and he actually took an interest in his life and they get together. You're I follow like that's a hero's move. That's well, what you're supposed to do. I follow I follow this whole saga on the Daily Mail. They have pictures of every time uh, Arnold's at the gym with his son, the the, the son from the maid. And uh, Joseph, his name's Joseph. It's Patrick and Joseph. Yeah. Maybe it's Yosef. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, I like to follow that and everything's, and, and, and everything works out for Arnold. He doesn't worry about anything. You know what I mean? Like, if I know my kids would be livid if I fucked the maid and had a, uh, Baby, you know, they'd be like, my girls would never talk to me. They'd be they, upset. I was going to say, are they hanging out with their new sister? <laughs> no, no, of course not. I don't know. Arnold's just like, oh, everybody will be fine. I fuck. Whatever happens, happens. One and everyone... big happy family. Well, yeah, right. What's the problem? You know, <laughs> I love guys like that. My dad's like that. My dad was like, you know, you have a problem. He didn't care. Like, you know, fuck you. What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> you you fucked the maid and now I have a half brother. So so what? You know, it was it just doesn't matter. 
like like Sal's dad. New kids keep showing up every single year. He was on a fucking spree like there's no tomorrow. And from what I can tell, he's still got his wife. He's got Sal in his life. He's got everybody yeah, loves him. Nothing's happening bad to him. He was wasn't he going to Italy and having different families? Yeah. Like part of the year, his wife would let him go off. And everybody loves him. See what I mean? <laughs> uh, Mad Dog Russo will be my guest. Maybe he can explain it. Mad Dog, yeah. Mad Dog has an opinion on anything. I like that guy. I love him. Mad Dog's so funny. He has a um, theory on why I haven't had him on in a long time. And, you know, it's so funny. I, I love Mad Dog as a guest. I just think he's great, and I, and I have a lot I want to ask him. But his theory is that Sour Shoes does such a great impression of Mad Dog that he feels that we don't have Mad the real Mad Dog on because we've we've had him on so much as Sour Shoes. What? And and that is absolutely you know people have such an absurd notion of how I do the show. Like yesterday, Rappaport goes, "You haven't evidently was supposed to insult me," according to Gary. I I wasn't insulted. He goes, "You haven't spoken about Brent since he left the show." I was like, oh, is that supposed to be a knock? And Gary goes, yeah, that's what people write on the Internet about you. You People leave the show and you don't talk about them. I go, of course they don't talk about them. It's a show business. You know, You know, nowadays, because there are podcasts and everybody's podcasting and on the radio, everybody now thinks they know how to do radio. They know how to do talk. They know how to do. But you've never gone on a radio station and had to get ratings. It's nonsense what you're doing, sitting in your house with your podcast. No one's listening to it. No one gives a fuck. Podcast. I, I listen. I try to listen to some of them. I, I, I got the podcast app. And it's a lot of people talking to other people who aren't really that interesting. They're bores. They're fucking bores. But no one tells them they're bores. Let me tell you how I found out if I was a bore or not. You know, I found out the ratings would come out. <laughs> and if the ratings sucked, it meant I sucked. I meant I wasn't purposeless. There was I better no reason. do something different. Yeah, I better fucking pull my pants off and fart on, on, on MTV. <laughs> you know, that. how do you think you find out? The, the world of podcasting reminds me of these people who coddle their children. It's like, oh, honey, everything you do is great. You took a shit. It's great. I'll take a picture and send it to grandma. Everything you do isn't great. That's why podcasts suck. I listen to them. You can't get through. You know what you do? You fast forward. You try. When you got on the radio years ago, you couldn't fast forward. There was no fast forward. They turned you off if you were a bore. That's it. Game over. So not everybody had a show. I mean, nowadays, everyone has a show. No one's listening to it, but they have a show. You haven't Everyone even figured out the, the whole clubhouse scene yet. Clubhouse is a bunch of people just getting into a room and a couple of people are talking about something. Yeah. And, and people are going wild for it. And you have to be invited and all this other crap. I tuned in for one second. I said, I hate this. And, and I, you know, and sometimes I still have that stupid app on my phone and I hmm. accidentally hit it and wind up in some room with somebody droning on about something and I'm out of there immediately. But I'll give you advice. If you really want to be, you know, get a big audience, you got to still go on regular radio, build a crowd around you. Then you can podcast. 
if you have a if you have fame and you have an audience, then you can go have a podcast because you could monetize it and make some money, you know. But I don't listen. I don't listen to anybody on the internet. Gary goes, that's what they say about you on the internet. You don't talk about Brent because he left the show. I go, first of all, I was on America's Got Talent. Remember that for four years? The day I left, what do you think? They get on there every week now and with Simon Cowell? They talk about me? <laughs> Why do you think they don't do that? What, do you think they know something you don't know? You idiot. The reason they don't talk about me on America's Got Talent, they don't want to say to their audience, gee, remember the good old days when Howard Stern was here? Or remember when Howard did this? Remember when Howard did that? They're moving on. They're moving forward with the show. The audience has a mass psychology. You tell an audience, hey, this guy left. They go, oh, the show's no good. That guy left. All they can think about is who left. They don't think about who's there. They think about who left. <laughs> they don't sit there on America's Gonna Talent reminding people I left. That's it. I'm history. I'm gone. They haven't shown a clip on me on that show wisely. They don't want to do that. They're trying to sell the four people they got on there. But in the age of the podcast, in the age of the bullshit and the nonsense, and everybody thinks you're so fucking interesting, you think you're supposed to do, you gotta, you gotta manipulate the audience. You gotta make sure that they're being entertained. You gotta get ratings. You gotta get subscribers. This is radio. Not fucking sitting in your house pretending to be on the radio. It's a business. Sometimes it reminds me of some of those dinner parties you get stuck in. Right. Your table mate is the worst. <laughs> They're droning yeah. on in your ear and you can't get away. Don't listen to the noise of the Internet. If I listen to the morons who sit and comment on my show, they don't know what's in my brain. They, don't, they haven't had a career for over 40 years. They don't have a clue. They're sitting at home living with their parents in a basement somewhere writing about me. Use your fucking head. But more and more, you know, this all of these generations, the generations from baby boomers on have been introduced to their on television too, or they're on radio too, or they're singers too, because of karaoke and all of this other right. stuff. They're so entertaining. And now there's outlets for them so they can actually put themselves on. Yeah, and back in the day, listeners couldn't get together and criticize you. Now with the internet, as soon as they invented that internet, it was over. They all get together and, de and decide what's wrong with the show, what's right with the show. Right. No, why would you listen? You start listening. Any great artist, if you listen to the masses, you will never, ever, ever be successful. Well, great artists can't because they hear too much on in their own heads. That's, That's right. what they're trying to get out. It is unbelievable. Let's say good morning to Alan who uh, is calling from Alaska. Look at this guy. What's the temp in Alaska? Hey, uh, I'm always assuming it's cold, but there must be a summer. Hey, now. We're, um, hey, now. Actually, I said, uh, Alan, what, is, what Seattle. is the temperature in Alaska? Do you hear me? Hey, now. I do hear you. It is about 45. Okay, that's not horrible. But is no. that summer? That's the question. <laughs> is that summer? Is that summer? No, it's it's spring. It's spring. All right. Is I, I, by the way, we were asking this: is the word Eskimo an insult? Actually, we're on the Southeast Panhandle, so we're more Alaska Native up north. 
up on the anterior is Eskimo and um, a different type of uh, natives of uh, Alaska. Uh, forget, is that forget, a bad word? Let, let's not ask any more questions. I'm not okay. getting any answers here. Let Alan make a statement, and then we'll move on. Go ahead, Alan. The floor is yours. I don't. I, it's very difficult to have a conversation with you. Which was more ridiculous of Robin, playing the bagpipes or tap dancing? Oh, that's an easy one. Bagpipes. Well, you know, Robin every once in a while will make a rele- uh, revelation on the show. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there was a time when Robin was taking tap dancing lessons. I remember that. But more outrageous, the other day she goes, I was going to study the bagpipes. Now, now <laughs> where, what the hell? What? I, I didn't even, I didn't flinch. I don't, I learned my lesson. I just go, oh, that's nice. Okay. Thank you. You know, <laughs> what could that With be? With those G cups, can she tap dance? <laughs> I thought you were going to say with those G cups, can she play the bagpipes? Because it's already like carrying around bagpipes. <laughs> All right, get out of here, Alan. You're a maniac. Bagpipes. Imagine you walking around. Imagine you took oh, the bagpipes. Oh, I wish I had done it. <laughs> but, but, but imagine and you took it And every year on those parade days, I could get out there and do my thing. But imagine you took it up and it turns out you're the greatest bagpipe player of all time in history. And now you're on tour. And everyone's right. coming to see you. With the People are pipe. asking me to be on their albums. We got uh, right. Robin for the bagpipes. <laughs> Rob Zombie's calling you. <laughs> and you've got the full outfit with the oh, no yeah, panties. The and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never, ever shocked anymore with what Robin uh, is studying or into. Uh, the other day she calls me up and she goes, You ever see in the circus when they spin those plates? You know? <laughs> I go, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. I say, okay, all right. Well, I once did. You know how they used to come on the Ed Sullivan Show? Those yeah. people, and they had water in glasses. Yes. And then and they, they would, would play a song. And it was great. It was better than the Beatles. I Some would go into the kitchen and get out the glasses. Yeah. Good for you, Robin. <laughs> See, nothing shocks me about you. Uh, by the way, uh, Seth Rogen, you know, I wish in a way I had invested in this company. Seth Rogen is officially a titan of weed. He's got. Do you really um, think you wanted to be a part of the weed business? You know, I don't. Um, I. I don't want anything. I don't want to profit off of um, substance. You know, I'm. I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm not a guy. Again, I told you, I'm for the legalization of all drugs. I believe we're all adults. You got to regulate yourself. I know some people have trouble with uh, substance and stuff, but you can't regulate it. People, people will find it. Then a black market occurs and it leads to a lot of society's ills. When you legalize this stuff, I was reading about some country, you know, you always read about some country. They have, they have legalized all drugs and they were saying, I think really was that it. Yeah. Yeah. And evidently there's only been like two overdoses in the last 10 years or so, you know, in other words, all of the, uh, horrible things we think about with legalized drugs. It's all bullshit. It's not true. Yes, there are addicts, and yes, there, but there are addicts anyway. They'd be drunk or high on something. That's it. So, so I don't personally want to... I, I, I don't have any problem with people who are in the weed business or the alcohol business or anything. I mean, that's, that's a business. 
But uh, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be into that. But Seth Rogen just looks like he's having so much fucking fun, and he's so into that weed and the weed and the and and, and now he's making the, the weed. Evidently, I looked into this. Costs sixty dollars for an eighth. It comes in these cool looking metal boxes. They have three strains: Diablo, Wind, Pancake Ice, and Pink Moon. But where they're really cashing is he makes these high end lighters for like two hundred fifty bucks. And evidently people want to be like Seth, you know, because they like they have whole... a whole lifestyle. So they have the special lighter, right? And special ashtray, yes. and the whole thing. He even is selling vinyl. In other words, he's got an album you buy that goes along with your high. Oh. Like there's one album called Diablo Wind. There's a Pancake Ice album. And there's a Pink Moon album. And it's music to get high to. I wonder who's on these albums. Did he make the music himself or has he got bands or something on these albums? I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> evidently, you know, evidently it's all sold out already. All the music is gone. Everything's gone. As of right now, the lighters, the ashtrays and the records are all sold out. Yeah. Well, good for and him. The, and now he's got a whole website. He even, he even gives out weed advice. Like how to use weed appropriately. Well, I know every time he comes in here, he he says there are rules. Now here, listen know, to this. Actually enjoying it. In many ways, cannabis is unlike anything on the planet, full of mystery and plunder. In other ways, cannabis is exactly like a lot of things on the planet, in that not everyone requires the same amount for it to work properly. If you don't ingest cannabis regularly or have not ingested cannabis in a while, you may prefer less cannabis than you'd think. So we have some advice. Start slow. Take one hit, and by hit we mean deep inhale of cannabis. Then get your phone or egg timer and set an alarm for 15 minutes. When your timer goes off, see how you feel. If you're not excruciatingly tired or having a panic attack, maybe have another hit. Or don't. <laughs> Better to underdo it than overdo it. Oh Nobody's doing goodness. that. Can you imagine? Set an egg timer for 15 minutes. That's Funny. stupid. Like, if I really started to do that, I would really question my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in high school, I used to I take a hit and I go, this shit isn't working. Then I take another hit. I go, it's still not working. Then I take a third hit. Uh-oh. Now I'm in trouble. sit around in a circle, and whenever the joint came around, you took a hit. That's what yeah. you did. And then I got so <laughs> fucked up, I never smoked weed again. <laughs> hey, am I, I going to have a, a make-believe conversation with Seth Rogen or not? Guess not. All right. Sure. Yeah, you can. I can? Yep, we got him here. Put him up right Who's now. that? God. That's the voice in my head. Let me try this out. Here's a mogul, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. I'm going to ask him a couple of questions. What's going on? Seth, are you there? <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is amazing. I got to tell you something. I was feeling bad for you. You're you're like the CEO of a big weed company now. I'm thinking soon you won't be able to get high because you're going to have to be responsible. You got a whole bunch of employees and 
Yeah, no, weed is work. <laughs> it's it's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, t- you're sucking all the fun out. In a sense, you know, now that exactly, weed is kind of... Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that weed is legal, I would think in a way it was more fun when it was illegal. You know what I mean? Now it's like, it's not that it's got it doesn't have that mystery you know what i mean exactly exactly uh it's like uh hey howard hang on one second okay yeah and there's like a bird that just flew in my room or something hold on one second i'm gonna mute you okay okay (laughs) 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 sorry about that (laughs) you were saying yeah. So tell me, how how are you? What, what I mean, what's I mean? It seems like you're I'm the man. Good. You know, you're... I'm good. I'm chilling out. Um, I'm writing. Uh, I'm working on my pottery. <laughs> I smoke pot. <laughs> I make ceramic pots. <laughs> I love pot. <laughs> pots of all sorts. Yeah, you know, you uh, really happy do. Almost 420 day <laughs> for those who celebrate. <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, I was watching you and I was like kind of envious. I really do wish I could try your pot, but it gets me too paranoid. I've got weed for paranoia. <laughs> it's witchy, itchy, kitcheny. <laughs> it's a sativa strain, minimal THC. <laughs> you smoke this shit and you get nice and chill. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but if you get too high, I've got weed for that too. <laughs> Morning dew. <laughs> dew is weed spelled backwards. <laughs> it's a part sour diesel. Part blue dream, one dab of this shit, and boom, shakalaka, <laughs> back to normal. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, you're like the, uh, you're like the Elon Musk of cannabis. I'll tell you that. You, you really. I've got weed for literally any problem you have. <laughs> you really understand all the science behind weed, right? Yeah, it's it, it, it's simple. <laughs> I start with a hydroponic white widow and then splice it with a strain of Northern Lights that I grew outside. You put them together and boom, <laughs> you're fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the stoniest thing about weed is something called the correlation coefficiency theory. <laughs> it's hilarious. It allows the THC to identify whether two variables relate in a monotonic function (laughs) and you know what happens after that (laughs) what you get really fucking high (laughs) it's pretty basic (laughs) i wonder if you could invent a weed that like i've always wanted to be a great guitar player like eddie van halen like you should invent a weed that gives you the powers of eddie van halen can you invent something like that I've got the perfect weed for that. It's called Fender Blender. It's a blend of Golden Goat and Maui Wowie, which are both known for boosted creativity. It won't make you good, but it will make you think you're good. <laughs> it's what the guys in Fish smoke. And they fucking suck. <laughs> I wish you had a weed that, like, when I'm having sex with my wife, I feel very self conscious about my face. Because it's 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 very strange. Like I wish I wish you could invent a weed that would make me feel like I'm handsome. I I've got a perfect pot for that. <laughs> it's an actual pot. <laughs> you put it over your head, <laughs> and then nobody see, can see your fucking face. <laughs> it's metal. <laughs> it has a yeah. handle on it. <laughs> but now you need to invent a weed that makes makes me think my penis is bigger too. 
I, I've got weed for that too. <laughs> it's a micro dick dank. <laughs> you smoke this and you get the munchies so hard that you actually get a big fat belly and you never get to see your dick again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you know, you know but what about this whole, okay, what about this issue that you're, um, you know, you smoke weed and then you get so hungry. I don't want to get fat. I don't want a big belly. I, I've got weed for that, too. It's called Diesel Kaplan. <laughs> you stand next to Jason Kaplan when you smoke it, and you feel skinny. <laughs> wow. Well, you're like the Willy Wonka of weed. What can I tell you? You really are something. Uh, all right. Well, this was a good fake conversation, and I liked it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I made out with Charlize Theron. <laughs> that was a movie. Right. Right. You, you know yeah. I, I just like I think, to say that out loud sometimes. <laughs> it makes me feel better about myself. Uh, I made out with Charlize Theron. <laughs> it was really cool. You probably like, smoked really a, cool. You probably smoked weed and then said to yourself, "I know I'll make a movie where I fuck Charlize Theron." <laughs> I, exactly, exactly, exactly. And just pick somebody out of random. Charlize Theron. <laughs> I get to make out with her. <laughs> Pick it uh, I, whoever <laughs> I can do that all the time. <laughs> are you writing a movie about any other really hot women where you fuck them? Uh, yes. Uh, currently, uh, well, this one <laughs> has not been reported on, but Emily Ratajkowski and I may be <laughs> starring in something very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and you will fuck her. Oh, oh, oh yes, I will. <laughs> Yes, yes. You know and who I, will I smoke feel some right, white rhino as well. <laughs> you know who I feel bad for, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I was thinking back. I don't know. I'm going to say 15 years ago, maybe when um, a Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong got busted for selling bongs because mm -hmm. uh, you know he sold them over uh, interstate, and the guy actually went to jail selling bongs and now here we're talking seth about weed about selling it it's like tommy chong had a, i think he did a year in jail over that i think he did more yeah Maybe. It's, it's 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 crazy and now it's just completely legal and it's uh it's bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i guess tommy's record will be expunged i hope so i do i love the guy you know uh hey this new movie with emily ratajowski where you fuck her Mm -hmm. Is the I got a name for the movie. You want a suggestion? It, yeah. How's this for a title? Seth Rogen fucks Emily Ratajkowski. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. Or better yet, Emily Ratajkowski fucks Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pal. All right. Anything else? Did you get through your whole agenda? Congratulations on your company and all that stuff. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I made out with Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to say that again one last time? It just makes me feel good. <laughs> I, I like to think about it. <laughs> uh -huh. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. There he is. Uh, by the way, the real Seth Rogen is booked to be on the show May 10th, where I actually will ask him some of these questions. Oh, wonderful. And I'll bet you two or three of the answers will be similar. You Just know, say. he was right about the title. It should be Emily Ratajkowski fucks Seth Rogen. <laughs> right. You're right. I, I stand that corrected. makes it even more of a fantasy. I love it. I love it. 
Oh, Tommy Chong spent nine months nine in federal months. prison. I was just looking it up. I thought it was more. Seems like selling, more to me. For selling bongs over the internet. Just crazy. Not I want even to thank- pot. Bongs. I haven't been uh, following the whole saga with uh, Jeopardy, the TV show Jeopardy. You know, they're trying out different hosts. From what I hear, again, I don't like to comment on what other people say, but they say that hands down, Dr. Oz was the best host of Jeopardy so far, that he's engaging, he knows how to read the questions. I didn't see him. I I didn't see him on there. I didn't see him either, so I can't say what I think of Dr. Oz. I like him as a person. And then they also said that Katie Couric did a really good job. But um, last night, I think Aaron Rodgers, the football player, who I don't really know. I know his brother was on The Bachelor, but. Yeah, but he's a great quarterback. Yeah, well, I don't know what kind of broadcaster he is, but to fill Alex Trebek's shoes is, a you know, that's a tough assignment, quite frankly, but. People said he wasn't that good. Some people told me. Who, who watched it? John, did you watch it? Was he any good? I saw a little bit of it. I mean, he was okay. He was a little was stiff. Nine. But this guy's the he's the MVP of the National Football League. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he says he would do the job because he's such a geek and he loves the show. But he doesn't have, like, the presence that you're talking about. And, and Dr. Oz... Dr. Oz did a nice job, no doubt about it, but he's very, I don't know, he he put off a lot of people on there. I know Will loved Dr. Oz and thinks he's the slam dunk guy, but uh, to me, again, I think they're just holding the spot for Ken. I've said it before, I'll say it again. They might will, be rehearsing Ken. I don't know if he'll ever really fill those shoes. Ken Jennings will not be the host of Jeopardy. Um, I don't believe he will be. I don't think he's got it. Uh, again, I'm not a, uh, a regular viewer of Jeopardy, but, um, you know, well, what's the story on, um, Dr. Ross? Good job. I thought he was the best one so far. Aaron Rodgers, not good last night, but it was his first time. Katie Couric, way too canned. Didn't feel like it. Seemed like she wanted it way too bad. Dr. Oz, definitely the most comfortable. Ken Jennings, like you've said, kind of feels rookie-ish. Right. just blinded by his love of. Jennings. <laughs> I have no I have no love for Ken Jennings. I just think he's got the job. I think he's had it all along. I mean, it's it just makes way too much sense. I get what you guys are saying about the polish. I understand all that. This you also have to have audience, the voice. Man. They want, they you want have to Ken. have the voice. You have to have the voice, John. Because when you read questions and you have like an okay delivery mm-hmm. or your voice is like not super like announcer-ish, it gets annoying. Like you gotta have somebody who doesn't get in the way. And by the way, uh, as far as Dr. Oz or, you know, being stiff, that's what made Alex Trebek great. He was stiff. Like, he, he, he was just like a robot reading those questions, and that's what made him so good. He was like a nice-looking guy who read like a robot. That's it. Well, Game actually, over. he had some um, – his voice varied. You know, a lot of people who are stiff, their voice stays the same, and they never change their – you know, and all of that. He actually had some movement in his voice, but it wasn't over the top. He was a professional. And he was a great human being. I don't know how anybody's going to fill the shoes. I mean, now there's a homeless shelter with Alex Trebek's name on it. Every day I open the, you know, the newspaper to find out more of what Alex Trebek is doing now that he's dead. 
Why don't they just go to like Ryan Seacrest? I mean, he has every other job. Why not add another job? You know, by the way, I'm watching American Idol last night. And again, I don't watch the Kelly and Michael show. But how is Ryan Seacrest hosting Kelly and Michael and also hosting American Idol? How can he be hosting Kelly and Michael? It's Kelly and Ryan, wouldn't it be? They didn't change the name. It's still Kelly and Michael, (laughs) my book. Um, no, seriously, like Ryan Seacrest, I'm watching him on American Idol. They tape, they, they are live in California. Am I correct, John? Yes. Okay. So Sunday night and Monday night is American Idol night live. Is he doing the Kelly and Michael show from California one day a week? Some of the earlier rounds are pre-taped. So I don't know what part of Idol they're actually at at this point. But yes, he did that. You remember last, I think it was last year, he almost dropped dead from exhaustion because he was right. doing, you know, all these jobs. But to go from the Sunday, you know, from Idol to do an early morning show the next day, I have no idea how he does that. No, yeah, I mean, idea. somebody must know what he's doing because he's got to be there live on Sunday and Monday night. It's when the audience is voting. It's the full live show. So the way my wife and I were trying to figure out, they must tape. They must go live at five o'clock in California because it airs at eight o'clock here. Okay. So five o'clock to seven o'clock, he's doing the show. I guess Disney or somebody must put him up on a pl- private jet with a bed. And I guess he sleeps all night and then he shows up on the Kelly and Michael show. Do you remember That's last year though, Howard? So. His, his right? eye like popped out from exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. The funny and he guy. incoherent or he was not making <laughs> yeah. sense. He was like, Arr! and then his eye popped out of his head. Maybe he's an alien and his alien self almost showed. <laughs> so why not put him on Jeopardy? By the way, he would be good at it because he, he reads without fumfering. He has a nice voice. He's a radio guy. I don't know. He's too smiley well, for me. For he, he's still, he still does that radio show, too. So, I mean, he's got quite a few jobs. The next, the next candidate, though, is interesting to me. Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper, if he wanted the gig, I think could get the gig. But I don't think he's going to. He'd be good. It. Anderson Cooper can read well. He has a good voice. He looks yeah. good. What do you mean, huh? Yeah. I don't. But does oh it ruin his, cred- his, his credibility as a, as a news person? He's no, not anymore. That, you, nobody has credibility anymore. Yeah, that's right. They finally figured gone. out those <laughs> days are long gone. They finally figured out that news people are just actors. You know what I mean? They don't need right. to have journalistic uh, integrity. Nobody has bullshit. that anymore either. Yeah. And Anderson has the key ingredient. He has the white hair. You need that. That's <laughs> you good. You think look. that gives him gravitas? Yeah, gravitas, my favorite word. <laughs> well, Alex had that mustache, and that went a long, long way. People were very upset when he shaved that thing, if you remember. When he shaved it off, it didn't look like Alex Trebek anymore. He did lose some gravitas. <laughs> but then he got the gray, and that gave him back gravitas. Gave him back gravitas. <laughs> well, he was salt and pepper, so he had partial gravitas. <laughs> gravitas. 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 Um, what, uh, uh, Kiefer Sutherland, what is your favorite word? Gravitas. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so. Yeah, I really do. Does anyone really know? I don't want any bullshit answer. Does anyone know how Ryan Seacrest is doing his radio show than doing it? You know what it is? Like, I see he gets these girlfriends, but they all leave him 
and they're hot and everything because I think this guy just loves working. He just wants to work. He's married to his well, work. You know he loves what happens. Shows. I'm sure he has the, the romance period where he's dating them and yeah, he's showing fucking. them a lot of attention. And then he moves them in. Yeah. And he's never home. Right. <laughs> and then they're like, what's going on? How are we going to progress? I'm, my <laughs> eggs are drying up. I'm like, fuck you and your egg. Yeah, my eggs are hatching. <laughs> yeah, while your eggs are drying up, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of a <laughs> tremendous career. I think he's very money uh, driven. Like, yeah, very money oriented. I mean, listen, we all want to make money and that's sort of how we're evaluated, but. I think he keeps taking these jobs because I know guys who know him and they were always like, how come Stern makes more money than me? And, you know, I got to well, have 17 in one place. Maybe you could make some money. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody dude. knows how to find you. Well, the reason I make more money than you, if you want to be, if you want the honest answer, I'm just more talented than you. <laughs> like you just, you're a good announcer and you're a nice looking guy, but there's a lot of guys who do that. But, you but know, I do. I think he, he well, realizes he how lucky he is. Right. You know, I think I, see, he, I, think, I think you're I right. With the, he has a I, picture of Brian Dunkelman up on his wall and goes, that's what I could have been. If I, I didn't. think, I think he looks at himself and says, you know, there's a lot of announcers out there. I'm lucky. I'm a good looking guy. I got tapped into this American Idol thing. And you know, now a lot of people want me and I'm going to, I'm going to work every job they offer me. I don't care because this is, this is too, un, this is remarkable. Right. Um, and he doesn't I, have I've to get I've always it. found something disturbing about him. Well, he doesn't and have I to get into a... one of these days we're going to discover that he was on massive drugs or something. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's like really good at reading and, and he's good at what he does. He's a good, a good, solid announcer. But the hours, Howard, and flying well, and doing all well, the crazy crap. That's a, sign also... of, uh, that's a sign of real trouble. I mean, yeah. in, you know, all the red carpet stuff that he he just stopped doing. He would do red carpet for every single event, and yeah. he took over for Dick Clark on New Year's Eve. I think once he Will's was right, even doing that E News at one time while he did the morning show, and then he's doing Kelly and whoever pro produced the Kardashian show. I mean, I think he got the opportunity after American Idol, and he took advantage of every single one and said, I'm going to either, you know, still be standing or drop dead, but I'm not turning down any of this stuff. I think he and read, like, I think he met Dick Clark and saw that Dick Clark was a mogul and Dick Clark had all these shows and everything. And he wants to be like a Dick Clark Jr., you know, but whatever. I just want to know, how is he doing American Idol and then doing the, the Kelly and Michael Strahan show? The next well, if day? he really is live and in person, they have to be flying him back and forth. Red right. eye. It's got to be a red eye every week. So what you're saying is he has the ability to sleep on the plane. Is or he take taking... drugs to knock himself out and then take drugs to wake himself up. I don't know. With all, with all his jobs, like when he's off the air, he's probably just sleeping. I mean, think about it. He's like nonstop doing work. So I think that's probably welcome for him. Five, six hours where he could just pass out and, and. But what's the end game for this kid? I mean, like what, like what's his end game? He's a good looking guy. He could be fucking like crazy to me the end game is fucking so what what's his what's his thing i mean just working because he's, yeah, he's not fucking well, he always has these beautiful women yeah but they leave Maybe girls, he's in love with the care about he's in that girls not don't everybody leave. wants a whole love story where it ends with we're together forever some people just need somebody there whenever they wake up look at this
Ryan Seacrest has been growing olive oil trees and may get into the olive oil business. I mean, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, dude, what is that? Wait, wait, wait. What is that exactly? Now he's got to have his name on a bottle. Like, right. you know, he's got to have the olive oil. Who knows? Anyway, if anybody knows the answer. Well, I mean, what more answer do you want? I want to know how he's doing that fucking morning show with Kelly and Michael. And how is he doing? How the do you imagine American he's Idol? doing it? He's lying. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. How he is he doing to be that? There. So what does he do? They fly him in a jet and then he jets there and then he runs over to the Kelly show. Yes. How much maybe does they, he get paid for that? Like, maybe like they what? Ha- Howard, maybe they pre-tape, you know, Kelly once in a while the next day. So that's Uh-oh. in the can. That's, but I, don't I think, think he's so. doing it live. I think he's doing it all live. Well, now, I'll dig a little is more he still it. doing the morning show in Los Angeles la, uh, while this is all going on? That's the question. Yeah. There you go. There's a lot of questions. <laughs> must have to do any that prep. Can he come on and just answer the question? Exactly. I mean, or, is he, or is he against us or something? Like, he, I probably goofed on him enough times that he thinks I'm a bad guy. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I like him. I mean, I don't, I've met him a few times. He's a nice, he's been on our show. I like him. I mean, You're not I got the greatest no judge of people. You've said right. everyone's a nice right. guy. How <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bad, terrible. I'm a bad judge of people. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, Howard, this, is, this, this is from the Hollywood Reporter. It says when the audition shows were have were happening, he travels Wednesday afternoon. They do two shows in New York. Then the auditions are in San Diego. He goes right to the taping through Saturday, and he comes back to New York on Sunday for live. So he <laughs> is flying back and forth nonstop. Yeah, but American Idol is on Sunday night and Monday night, and the Kelly show is on Monday morning. So how is that going on? In other words, on Monday he flies back. He go. So what you're saying is Sunday he does American yes. Idol in California. He gets on a plane and does the show with Kelly on Monday morning. Then he gets on a plane, goes back to California for Monday night's uh, American Idol. Then Correct. he gets back on a plane right after American Idol, flies back and, and sleeps on the plane. He goes... Get the fuck out of here. That's Correct. crazy. Look, look, if, if Kelly ends like around noon, he gets on the plane, which is nine in the morning, West Coast time. By the time he come gets on, there, come on, with come the on. Time change, I'm, Howard, I'm telling you, that's what he's doing. You realize what you're saying? You're saying that this guy single handedly is responsible for global warming. I mean, he's just making so many planes. <laughs> <laughs> what is this guy and there's only to? one person on that plane. Uh, what, right. How inefficient. Or he's maybe, maybe miles. that's, but maybe that's <laughs> when he bangs. He gets these girls right. on the plane. I don't know when he's banging, but what's the point if you're not banging? Well, I think he's down in, in Mexico, uh, vacationing with some beauty, there you uh, go. a while back. There you go. Howard, I don't think you know, he's a, he's a, I don't think he's against the idea of doing our show. But oh, he's you're, he's always busy. And yeah, when's he going to do it? The, 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 the last <laughs> time we had him on was when we first got to Sirius, and the only way we could get him on was we had a simulcast with him. Like, we were on when his show was on. I see. Well, tell him we want to talk to him about his schedule. You know, no ball busting. I mean, I just want to know how he's pulling it all off. Because we don't think it's humanly possible. Will you, uh, will you take a call from a plane? Yeah, the only way I, I don't care. I just want the schedule. I don't need a whole long interview. Like, what happens if there's well, a storm and the plane is delayed? I mean, that's a there's a lot of flying time involved there, and I mean, that's 
That's a lot to coordinate. That's all, you know, why can't they do? And why American? would they, why would he do it? Money. He already had all that stuff he was doing in Los Angeles. And then he took a job in New York. Wants money. He's probably saying to himself, this is ridiculous. I'm a radio announcer and I'm they're, they're paying me to right. do every job in show business. So, you know, a lot. And maybe his eyeball popped out from all those, from all that flying. Cause it was, well, oh, there's a lot a of plane. pressure all in the pressure. air in that cabin. Yeah. yeah. I was reading, uh, on my fountain pen, uh, they say, do not fly with your fountain pens, you know, full because they will explode. I think that's what happened to his eyes. Eyes like a fountain <laughs> pen. He's on that plane so much. <laughs> that's what's going on there. Hey, by the way, and, uh, the fan feedback, there's a lot of fan feedback from Monday's show, let alone, uh, um, let me see what I got here. What, oh, this is a, this is from hey, Howard. Real quick, yeah. I so I just looked at yesterday's show. Yesterday's live with Kelly and Ryan, and at the bottom it says previously recorded. Oh, I see. So okay, I think they're pre-taping a lot of stuff. But that sounds so like he a hassle. has made them pre-tape every Monday show. <laughs> I I don't while know. <laughs> American Idol is on. Maybe and Tuesday. Well, I got he I can't wait for he, can, he can't make him do. They can't make him. He can't make anybody do anything. That's Kelly's show. If uh, she could fuck him up, <laughs> it's all ABC too. So you know, you wonder if it's if he, and the Dick Clark thing is ABC. So I wonder if he's got I don't know some kind mm -hmm. of global contract that covers it all. I don't know, but it makes sense for the Monday show to be pre-taped. All right, I bet so you those two hate each other. I bet you they hate <laughs> each other, Kelly and um, Ryan. Well, they were supposed to be good friends before. No. Uh, I heard no? it. By now, they hate each other. Oh, it's uh, the friendship. I see it. Apart. I've seen the show a few <laughs> times. I can tell. She's had it with him. He's annoyed. I can tell. Really? Why is yeah. she annoyed that he's working so much and she has to pre-tape shows? <laughs> Just annoying. He's, he's he annoys her. <laughs> Who's to say why? But. Uh, yeah. Anyway. I don't like that hair. Beth says she liked the hair. Yeah, she likes it. All right. She likes the messy but then, look. But then again, she likes me, so. <laughs> I asked her point blank. I said, honey, you still like me? You know, you spent a year with me in the house. Not many people could tolerate it. She goes, honestly, you're a lot. She told me I was a lot. <laughs> Oh, really? The other day. <laughs> the other day, I guess I'd been complaining. I was down about the food I have to eat, about my health, my this, my that. You know, I, I walk around the house moping, and I'm at, and then she said to me, she looked at me, she goes, you're a lot. Oh. I go, that doesn't sound very good. She goes, no, you're just a lot to handle. And I go, I am? I go, well, you're a lot to handle. She goes, how so? And I go, I don't know, but I imagine you are. <laughs> Seems to me you are. <laughs> she was listening, you know, that I'm a lot to handle. I thought maybe she had it with me. And and I and I, I, I didn't know what else to say. I just go, you're a lot to handle. And then she went, how so? And I, I go, animal rescue. She goes, well, how is that a lot for you to handle? I go, I don't know. I don't even have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm no just, argument. <laughs> I'm just fighting for my life here. <laughs> well why would it be okay if she was a lot to handle and you're a lot to handle is that a defense i don't know i just felt bad that i'm a lot to handle and i know she's right i am a lot to handle i'm you very know negative this about yourself a long time haven't you 
I thought you were all lying. I, I didn't know. <laughs> I really did. I didn't know I was a lot to handle. <laughs> I thought I was. I thought I was fun, but I'm really not. I know it now. Uh, everybody liked, um, this is some old fan feedback. I'm just reading you everything I got. Everybody liked Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul, from uh, Breaking yeah. Bad, from the movie Nobody. Um, suffice to say, there was an avalanche of good vibes from Bob Odenkirk, if you remember that show. I would never write the show, even with all the incredible interviews that Howard has done, but I had to reach out to say how much I appreciate you having Bob Odenkirk on. I love how deep the conversation went. The genuine laughter, the joy people have when they come on and get to speak to Howard is very touching, isn't that nice? Um, this guy claims he got to his office and stayed in his car listening to Bob Odenkirk. He just wow. came across as a real down-to-earth dude. That Jeremy Irons story was so good, I could have listened to you talk to Bob <laughs> all day. Okay. A lot of people are upset that uh, I keep telling Jason to throw out stuff in my archives. Why? Um, they feel they want it. Uh, very stupidly, I, I started years ago saving everything from the show. Everything from like like a pair of underwear that we used on a set. or And it just got overwhelming. I mean, I have warehouses full of shit. And I've recently had Jason throw things out. Uh, but a lot of fans say, come on. Howard, I'll take that Ramones album off your hands. It doesn't belong in the trash. It belongs in a museum. Uh, Howard, one man's trash is another man's treasure. It kills me to think you're going to toss all that stuff from your storage unit. I'll take some. Please, please, please do not throw away all your stuff, Howard. How about an auction for charity? Or better yet, open up that Stern Show Museum. I'll be first in line. Because, I, you know what, I'm not going to sit there and charge you guys money, and even if it is for charity. I don't care. Just it's too much hassle. Just throw all that. And shit you're out. not gonna sell it. You're not gonna do anything with it. No, I mean I'm just gonna get rid of it. By the way, Richard Christie was inspired when he heard me saying throw it out because whatever mm -hmm. Jason brought up, I said throw it out. Let's clear out that warehouse. Throw it out. That he made a phony phone call using my throw it out. <laughs> he somehow incorporated that into a phony phone call. Let's listen in. Hello, antique. Yeah, hi, Antique Store. Yes, how can I help you? Yeah, hi, my name's Rusty, and I'm here with my dad. I'm your daddy! And we're cleaning out our attic, and we have some junk that might be worth something. Can we tell you what we have before we throw it in the wood chipper, see if it's worth anything? Uh... Well, over the phone may be difficult, but what do you have? Oh, that's okay. Just do your best. Um, the first thing I have here is we have a Beatles lunchbox signed by all four Beatles from 1967 in perfect condition. Throw it out. Get rid of it. Dad's saying throw it out. Well, you definitely don't want to throw that out. Throw it out. I'd say that's worth between $500 and $1,500. You know what it's worth? Three cents. Throw it out. All right, Dad, you're the boss. Into the wood chipper. Oh, my God. I hope that wasn't an authentic Beatles lunchbox. I'm doing just fine without it. Well, he just wants a clean attic. That's right. Oh, look here, Dad. It's a 1936 Joe DiMaggio rookie card signed away. by Joe Throw himself. Number one of Throw one. It it's the only one to Throw exist, I guess. Let me double check with the lady, see if it's worth anything. Don't double check. Throw it away. Throw it out. Listen, if you really do have a Joe DiMaggio rookie card, 
it would be worth a fortune. Who cares? Out. I wouldn't even have the money to pay you for what it's worth. What am I doing in this and that? Throw it out. You got it, Dad. Into the wood chipper. What are you doing? If you really have these items, the last thing you should be doing is throwing them into a freaking wood chipper. I won't hear of it. Well, Dad don't care about the money. He just wants to have a clean attic. You should see. I'm sitting with all of his garbage. What you're describing to me sounds nothing like garbage. All you'd have to do is bring it in here and I'd pay you anything that was valuable. No, throw it all out. Oh, look here, Dad. A magazine mint condition in a Mylar bag throw never opened. A Playboy throw number one with somebody named Marilyn Monroe. Throw it out. No, do not throw that in the wood chipper. Filthy, dirty magazines. God knows where they were. Well, Dad's saying it's a dirty magazine. I guess it's got to go into the wood chipper. If you're telling me the truth, that magazine is worth thousands of dollars. No, throw it out. Do not throw that magazine away. Okay, this is ridiculous. You obviously don't want to sell any of this stuff. 90% of this shit was garbage. This phone call was garbage. I want everything thrown out. Throw it all out, and I wouldn't even miss it. You and your dad are morons. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, Ronnie got a lot of fan mail, too. Ronnie continues to get support from the fans. He's going through a very stressful time in his life, as you know, Robin. People uh, responded to him going through the stress of moving and selling That's right. and all that stuff. People like Ronnie. I just wanted to express my support and respect for Ronnie. I used to think he was a jerk, but after years of listening to him, I have a better appreciation and respect for Ronnie. I now realize how much I enjoy hearing him and listening to his sex advice and life advice. Well, there you go. You'll never go wrong listening to Ronnie on any of those topics. I have a great deal of empathy for what Ronnie is going through right now. He is experiencing some big life changes. I support Ronnie and his happiness. He's been a very loyal and dedicated friend to Howard and the show. Uh, by the way, Howard, I like Ask Ronnie. The new feature works. I hope Ronnie continues giving his advice. He has a lot of life experience, and he can help many people in and out of the bedroom. Can you imagine? He's like the new Dr. Life Ruth. experience. Yeah, life experience. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, as requested by many fans, here's a new Ask Ronnie. Let's listen All in right. and see what Ronnie's... This is where Ronnie takes uh, fan mail and uh, answers it. Welcome to Ask Ronnie. Francine, 20, from Boston, asks, My friends are always talking about having sex with their boyfriends, but I want to have sex with my girlfriend. What technically counts as having sex? What counts as having sex? Well, basically, you're eating her out. That's having sex. You're fingering her. You're sticking, you know, you're sticking fingers in asses. You're... you're a lot of making out, a lot of sucking on tits. It's it's that's sex with a girl. It's the same thing as with a guy, basically, except there's no cock involved. And sometimes there is that you know there's strap-ons, there's dildos, you know, there's there's other you know other ways of getting a girl off when you know when you're when you're gay or you're not gay or you're just trying it out. Some girls like both. I always tell my fiance Stephanie. I I know she she's tried it. I've been there, and she, uh, but she, she says that, you know, she likes it, but she'd still rather have a dick. But what I said to her was, the best scenario for you would be, would be a transvestite. You'd have tits, ass, uh, some, a, a guy that looks like a, a hot girl, 
and has a nice cock. All that life experience, it's really paying off. Yeah, we we yeah. got a dose of it there. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> Except that Ronnie should write romance novels. He's so sexy. Uh, well, there he is. Let's see what else I got here. Oh, ton I of email. Who these people are question uh, writing in these questions. I want to see them. Ton of email. Yeah, I know. Who are who are you? Uh, come forward. Ronnie really took that question seriously. He took us deep into the weeds. Well, the girl says, uh, I guess it was a girl. She says, I want to make love to my girlfriend. What constitutes sex? Like, what? <laughs> Ronnie had an answer, though. God bless him. <laughs> All right. We received a lot of email about Michael Rappaport's appearance yesterday. Ah. He had a big uh, media blast. His interaction with NBA star Kevin Durant and his lawsuit with Barstool Sports, Michael ended up getting an avalanche of hate mail from all different angles. <laughs> uh, Rappaport shit-talking finally caught up with him. Everything Kevin Durant said was accurate and delivered in exactly the same manner in which Rappaport speaks. Rappaport is a liar when he says he doesn't banter that way. Kudos to the guys for spotlighting the truth with those clips. Michael Rappaport's bullshit finally comes back to bite him in the ass. When he goofs on Gary, it's all fun and games. What a crock. Michael's just a loudmouth asshole. And finally, Michael Rappaport is a bully who can dish it out. But when it comes back to him, his feelings get hurt. Like a six-year-old, I was a fan until today. So Michael taking a big, mm, big uh, hit. fans. Oh, boy. Uh, many listeners thought uh, Michael made matters worse for himself by calling into the show. Michael Rappaport has lost his damn mind. He should not have called in. His defense went from bad to worse faster than you can say herpes clown. <laughs> uh, Matt Getz has a less incriminating interview with Tucker Carlson than Rappaport had on today's show. So this guy thinks uh, Rappaport incriminated himself. Well, Michael Rappaport said those clips of him bashing J.D. and Gary didn't sound like him. <clears throat> I knew he was completely full of shit. What a coward. <laughs> i mean this is what people are writing some people are going as far as to say that they think michael rapaport is now in the whack pack oh rapaport is a rat there's a code if you're going to dish it out be a man when you get smacked back he's another whack packer trying to suck up airtime i'm so tired of michael rapaport he's officially jumped the shark he's a whack packer at best so Uh, during the call, Mike uh, kept harping on the fact that Kevin Durant went after his wife. Michael was very upset about that. Kevin Durant had gone after his wife. But he denied ever mentioning Gary's wife in a fight. Well, you knew what was going to happen. Gary went back, looked up the clips. There's a clip of Michael provoking Gary on the wrap-up show in 2020, and in fact, mentioning Gary's wife. Uh-oh. See? This is what I'm saying. This is what happens. I don't know what it is, Gary. I feel I feel bad for you. I mean, but you have to look at the track record. Your wife doesn't even want to do a puzzle with you, sir. Dude, you have a wife that doesn't even want to be married to you anymore. She's called your first wife. Shit, but my wife just doesn't want to do a puzzle with me. I'm still fuck doing you, good. you fucking you. See, that's a below the belt comment, you fuck. It's a two-way street, you motherfucker. You cocksucker, you. John, that's a fucking below the belt. That's a fucking, that's why you get what you get. That's why you stuff your fucking face with fucking bananas, peanuts, and chocolate chips, you gorilla. Uh, 
Well, I do enjoy these feuds. I do. I do. <laughs> I love all the nonsense. So Gary uh, digging out from the archives this uh, moment in time where Michael he did. He has the ammo. Yeah, so Michael, stop denying. <laughs> Gary will just dig up the proof. All right, let's just say hi to Sam from New York. Hello, Sam. What's on your mind? Hey now, Howard. How are hey you? Good morning. Good morning. Trouble. How's it going? Uh, it's going fine. What's on your mind, Sam? Okay, I wanted to go back to the discussion of who should potentially be a host for Jeopardy, if you don't mind. Okay. Who do you think should be the host of Jeopardy? I love the idea of Eugene Levy. Eugene uh, Levy? Much, yeah. Eugene Levy is a genius, great- uh, but I don't know about him hosting Jeopardy. Does he want to do something like that? I'm just I mean, talking hypothetical. Right. Thank Good you, morning, Sam. Robin. All right, gotcha. All right, all right. I'm, I'm going to contact Jeopardy. I'll contact them. All right. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do with that information? <laughs> Eugene Levy. That came out of left field. Um, I wonder if I have time. I, I want to make sure I have time. Let me let me look at the clock here. I mean, I got a little bit of time here before I talk to Mad Dog. Um, I wanted to just say before we, you know, things get dated. Uh, April Fool's uh, just was, I hate April Fool's, by the way. I, I just think it's so dumb. And people have this convoluted idea that they're playing pranks on people, but they're not even witty. It's There's no humor in them. It's like, you know, is April Fool's like you go to a movie theater and scream there's a fire? That's what people think April Fool's is. Like these ridiculous, it's just stupid and people end up just doing dumb shit and I hate the whole thing. I've always hated it. I love phony phone calls that have some wit or, you know, there's some kind, I I love candid camera, but April Fool's is just a bunch of amateurs running around goofing on each other and I hate, I especially hate when these uh, news people celebrate April Fools, uh, uh, it's it's ridiculous. I have some examples that I wanted to get to them before we got too far away from April Fools, and I think you'll find this interesting. All right, here's the first one. You ready? All right. All right. First of all, a lot of these April Fool. Every year there are imbeciles who just go too. They go too far. They're way over the line. And they end up getting the police involved. And I hate when people waste the time of the police. The police should never be involved in your life. I think the police should arrest them and actually put them in jail. Don't waste your time. You arrest these people. Life imprisonment. I'm not joking. Here's two separate stories from last week. Listen to this. Today is April Fool's Day, and sometimes pranks go a little too far or a lot too far. That's the case for a... One that drew police response in northeast Wichita this morning. Officers surrounded a home near 21st and Oliver after getting a report of a shooting at the home. Police then learned that a woman had called a family member claiming that she was shot and did it as an April Fool's joke. An April Fool's joke backfired Thursday for a woman in Springfield, Ohio. The Clark County Sheriff's Office said a female worker texted her sister saying there was an active shooter at her job. Now, the sister immediately called 911, and law enforcement from multiple police agencies responded to the plant. 
When they entered the facility looking for a reported active shooter, they were eventually told that the report was an April Fool's joke. Can you imagine? Wow. Put them in jail for life. For being an idiot. The judge should go, you're a moron, and we don't want you in society. And I'm sure the 911 operators have nothing better to do. Can you imagine that the April Fool's joke was calling her sister and saying that she's a, there's an active shooter? Yeah, but how is that an April Fool's joke on your sister? Exactly. How How is that even an April? How is that a joke? That is, I mean, you would have to say at some point, I'm joking. Don't call the police. Of course, your sister call the police. Local morning news shows love April Fool's. Gives them a chance to show off their funny side, you know. Of course, they're gonna, their, their personality. They have banter. <laughs> on a show called Be More Lifestyle on Baltimore's Fox station, news personality Tara Reeves describes the prank she pulled on her boyfriend. Listen to this. This is here she is being a personality. My boyfriend's at the gym right now. He has a Jeep that he's obsessed with. Uh-huh. So I took it and I hid it in the garage around back. So when he comes back, I'm going to try and tell him that it was stolen because oh we always leave the keys in the Jeep. So we'll see what happens. See if we'll break see up if he gets after this, girl. That might be the end of this with you. <laughs> I don't think you should do that. You're not supposed to risk a whole relationship, sis. What you don't doing? Don't mess with a man's car. Don't mess with a man's car. Who is watching the news for this nonsense? I just want the news. I hate when they're personalities. And by the way, good prank. You just pranked yourself because you told everyone you leave your keys in your car. I hope some guy goes and robs you. Yeah, they really get the Jeep stolen. Right. Uh, Here's Jessica Morgan. She's known as the Jacksonville mom on a Jacksonville, Florida show called River City Live. She was a guest on April Fool's Day to give prank ideas. She was booked to give the prank ideas. They were mostly about messing with her kids with toothpaste. I'm not even sure this should be legal. Listen to this. They should call this segment, I Hate My Children. Listen to this. My kids are, their radar is up. So my kids will not open a pack of Oreos in my house because they know that this is what I do. So to do this, and again, I have friends, you got Oreos in the cabinet. What you want to do is you want to find a bright white toothpaste. Uh, uh. You just pick an, you know, you know what's coming, right? So you know I hear the uh. So you just take an Oreo. And you twist it off, and then you scrape it off with a knife, and then you just... Yeah, we get it. I like she's describing how to yeah, do it. Yeah, like we can't figure it out toothpaste. from what she so said. So another fun one that I just started this year was the mustard uh, toothpaste. So, again, this is their toothpaste. This is only their toothpaste. Just squeeze out a little bit of it, put a little bit of mustard in, put the cap in, put it right back in their bathroom. They're groggy. They're sleeping in the morning when they're brushing their teeth. They're not going to notice. They're going to get a face full of mustard. Again, this is a lot of fun for parents. <laughs> I listened to this. I was like, I want to call social services on this woman. I mean, what is what is, what is with messing yeah, with what people ingest? Mean. Well, you know what we do? Before the kids get up, I put cyanide in their orange juice, and then they die, and I say, April Fool's. <laughs> one, one April Fool's. Here's a good idea. I push my son down the stairs. Here's a fun one. It's a fun one. I'm going to tamper with the children's food and put toothpaste in there. I mean, wow. Oh, thank God. You know, my parents were weird with me, but I don't know. Admiral, I'm going to put toothpaste in Howard's cookies. What are you going to do? Toothpaste in Howard's cookies. What are you doing that for? From April Fool's. (laughs) 
you should you should urinate in his lemonade. That's right. What a great idea for April Fools. We'll urinate in Howard's lemonade. <laughs> That's right. And what's good is he'll be smart. He'll never trust anyone again. He'll learn <laughs> from this. That's right. Not even it's important. us. He won't, he won't even be able to trust us. <laughs> That's right. You, you know what you should do, Ben? What? You, you're going to mow the lawn? Yeah. Run the lawn mower and put candy under it. And when Howard puts his hand in, it'll chop it up. <laughs> That's right. Because I put a live cobra in the toilet. <laughs> you dead? Yeah. Don't sit on it. It'll bite your asshole. <laughs> but when Howard sits on it, it'll be funny. You know, I love April Fools, and I love fooling Howard. Me too. It's my one joy. You know, you should um jack off in the in his lunchbox. When he opens it, there'll be all the white goo. That's right, white goo. That woman was saying that her kids are on alert because they know her. <laughs> That's nice. Your oh. safe place. Mommy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, she's a fool. She should fill the toothpaste tube with super glue to glue <laughs> Howard's mouth shut. That's right. And 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 let's shave his head and piss in his face. Uh-huh. April Fools. Uh-huh. Jeez. That's really weird. No toothpaste tube is safe. Let's see what else they did. If there's one thing you should not joke about this April Fool's, it's COVID. Andrea Mock, an anchor for Columbia, South Carolina's CBS station, did it anyway. Let's hear her genius April Fool's. Is April Fool's Day unnecessary? I got to say, Darcy, Brady and I did play a little prank on my mama today. Did y'all really? We did. We called Because my mom vicariously lives through us, she really cares that I'm happy. So we called her and we tried to do really sad voices. We were like, Mom, we can't go anywhere for spring break. We got exposed to COVID. She said, oh, no, Annie. Oh. And then we said, April Fool's. <laughs> Why would you, you do idiot. that to Gaga? I don't know. It was Brady's Terrible. idea. <laughs> Terrible. Fucking weirdos. That's their personality. Whenever they let news people have a personality, it's always dangerous. I remember as a kid listening to 1010 Wins. Once in a while, instead of reading the news, something happened, they have to ad lib. Who knows what yeah. happened? Yeah. And you'd say, oh, my God, I thought that guy was a genius. He's an idiot. They could not get out a sentence on their own. They had to have it written down for them. They could not ad lib. So what did she do? She called her mom and told her she had COVID, and that's April Fool's? Yeah, they put on sad voices and say, Mom, what a we oh, can't oh. go anywhere for spring break. Hello? Mom, it's Howard. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You sound terrible. I have COVID. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> April Fool's. Yeah. I mean, I, can, can you imagine? Uh, Columbus, Ohio, CBS station meteorologist Jeff Booth thought it would be hilarious to fake sneeze on someone. He's lucky he's not dead. 
Pranks are fun. Gee. And here's an easy one for you at home, kids. Grab a spray bottle, fill it with warm water. You walk by somebody, and it's not as funny as in a pandemic, but when we're not, you walk by somebody and you fake sneeze. You go, ah, and as you do that, you spray it. And then, like, oh, you seized on me. I've, I've done that to a couple people. Maybe That's not to strangers. Horrible. You might get punched. I'm yeah. just saying. Someone might hate you for that. I think they call that suicide by prank. <laughs> I mean, if someone killed that guy for doing you that, I blame think, them. No. I'd kill him. Anyway, local news anchors are not funny. That's why they're local news anchors. But every year they try to make their little April Fool's joke. I hate it. Here's a montage from this year that will make you cringe. And I'll close out. Oh, this is all I got. So here it is. On Thursday, Oprah will give every American a new car. Not really. But Thursday is April Fool's Day. Uh, and Leon Kidd, I just got some breaking news. The Sox have informed me that I'm going to throw out the first pitch. April Fool's! Oh, you got us, Levin. Well, South Carolina women's basketball legend Asia Wilson is launching her own luxury candle line April 2nd, 2021. So be on the lookout. Pretty cool. I know people on Twitter have already been really excited, so she's getting a lot of support already uh, for her candles. She has her own line of uh, peanut butter out right now, too. Oh, really? I didn't realize. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. I do like peanut butter. April Fool's. Check that out. But the candles are real. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we bought it immediately. Well, all right, I'm going to throw I up. I, I can't take it. What a bunch of idiots. All right, look. Is uh, there nothing going on? They have time for this in the news. Let's just say fuck you, April Fools, and, and let's hope it goes away. <laughs> Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Of course, you can hear Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays at 3 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. He's been with Sirius I didn't XM. No, it was called Unleashed. Unleashed, because he's a dog. <laughs> and check out Chris's uh, podcast, Digging Up the Past, which looks at the history of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, now available on the Sirius XM app. So uh, here he is. Without further ado, I haven't had him on in a while. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. You got to love him. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How is my favorite crew over there? All right. You know, Mad Dog, I just realized I thought you were on the radio, but actually Mad Dog is yelling out his window in New Jersey. Oh, okay. yeah, I can hear him. How Mad you Dog. doing? Yes. I'm doing good. I, I don't see you. Why is that? I, yeah, I, I don't can't. see you either. Uh, we'll see if we can get this fixed. It's let's important see to see you. Let's, let's fix that up. Hey, hey Howard. You, you uh, he's yes. got a, he's, he has a, a consistent internet issue, so he was there a minute ago, and now he's not. Uh, we'll get it fixed, dog. Howard, so we make sure we can see you. Here we go. We'll all get right. it straightened out. Don't you worry about a thing. We got this all under control. We you certainly understand. can hear you. That's most importantly. If you can, it, is, it right. is radio. I mean, we could definitely. So how are you all doing, Howard? It's a pleasure to hear from you. Yeah, you know how much I love you, Robin, the whole crew. Things good? Yes. Mad Dog, you know, I want to correct something right away. Yes. The, you know, you have this feeling, I heard, that I don't have you on because of, uh, I haven't had you on in a while, because Sour Shoes does such a great impression of you. And that you feel, hey, it's it's such a good impression that, uh, you know, I feel like I've had you on when I really haven't had you on. But that's not true. I I just always kind of wait for you to contact me. And when you're, I figure when you're ready to come on, you'll come on. You know, it's funny, Howard. Uh, you do such a good job with him and, you know, him and uh, doing the imitations with Mike and myself that I yes. almost feel like you have enough Chris Russo with Sour Shoes. So I have thrown out that as a theory. 
because I have not been on, you didn't realize this, probably since September 16th, uh, 2016. So that is five years where I haven't had a chance to go on with you, and there is nobody in America that I would rather be interviewed by than you. And so as a result, I feel disappointed when you don't have me on, and you always send me these nice little letters these nice photographs of you with were doing, you know, your paintings, thanking me for coming on. So I was probably a little naive there. Think, there we go. Now I see you fine. Now I uh, see I, you too. Yeah. Uh, I hello, Robin. I think Hi probably there. I got a little paranoid, but yes, I you did have sour shoes on a lot, and I said, you know, maybe he's gotten his Chris Russo fill through sour shoes. So that's you know, you always have fascinated me as a broadcaster, and I learned this about you. I, I like Mad Dog. I like his presentation on the air. I like his upbeat energy. I'm not a sports guy, so I don't know a lot of times what Mad Dog is ranting about because, <laughs> like, I didn't even know Mad Dog that the NCAA had anything. I watched American Idol last night. I, I I'm heard free you say that. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I'm absolutely. Do you, at this point in your life, honestly, you know, you're getting up there in the years like we all are. Do you ever get sick of sports? Do you ever say, you know what? It takes up all my time. Absolutely. Yeah. When Absolutely. I was a younger man, it all mattered to me. It all seemed dire. It all seemed important. But now, right. like, sometimes you you can't tune out because it's your job. But it's almost like it's just so much time watching these guys play sports. Am I correct? A hundred percent, Howard. And I think that is the one thing I would say with the pandemic that has actually broadened my horizons was basically from March 11th through July, I didn't have any sports. And I was still, I had to do a show. So, I mean, I turn my attention to music. I want to get to that with you a little later. I turn my attention to that music, late 60s music, books, Netflix shows, everything from, uh, you know, the conclusion of Ozarks to The Crown to reading lots of books, a lot of authors, and the music. And the music had got me through it. And you're right. I do so much sports that I do get a little burned out by it occasionally. And from March 11th to July 13th, I didn't have any sports to do. So I See, had to go on there every day and do three hours of radio. Yeah, and I thought to myself, you could have been a really good broadcaster without, like, okay, talk a little sports. But I think you could have handled a variety of topics that, in a way, the thing I like about you, even when I would watch you on Letterman or something like that, you were opinionated. In other right. words, you had a direct opinion. You never were wishy-washy about any topic. And that, to me, is a great broadcaster. And so you didn't really need to be just a sports guy. I really feel that way about you. Well, that, you know? That's a compliment, Howard. I, I mean, I learned how to do a different kind of show for those four or five months. I really did. Um, you know, I put a lot of different kind of guests on. I did some, I did some COVID. I loved the uh, Allison Elwood show on uh, Epic's Laurel Canyon. So I right. did a lot of that. I actually, now think about it. Before last year, would I ever have done an hour with Roger McGuinn? Not right, a chance. Of the birds. Not a chance. Did, did you watch Queen's Gambit? The, I uh, sure did. I, I sure did. Very good show. Yes, I did. It was terrific. Did. Do you consider? Show. Do you consider chess a sport? Because I've no, played I chess. No, I don't. I, I play chess, and I used to ask guys like that. I say, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a sport, but you want to know something? I have changed my mind on that, and I'll tell you why. Because as a sport, it requires great concentration. And even Bobby Fischer, who was perhaps the greatest at the game ever, right. he talked about the physical training he had to do to sit there for four hours and concentrate in a mano a mano kind of match. 
it requires tremendous physical ability because try to you make one wrong move and you're fucked. So <laughs> yeah. maybe yes. maybe it is a sport. Maybe it I, is. I you could I I don't quite look at it that way. I I do agree with you on the mental aspect of it. Yep. You know, and and how smart you have to be and the pressure of making moves at the time clock there. So I do, and they did a very good job in Queens Gambit of explaining how chess tournaments go. I mean, how do you and I know anything about a chess tournament? But, you know, everybody's sitting at a table, pressing that clock every five seconds with the yep. fans in the background, with an analyst giving you a little rundown on the moves that they're making. That, that was phenomenal, especially when she goes to Russia. That was phenomenal. But I do I consider it a physical aspect of sports? I don't. But I do understand your point, and I love the show. I'm with you 100% on that. I was making a point this morning. Because now with podcasts, everybody's got a fucking show. You know, it's it's almost sickening to do shows because I everybody, heard you. I heard you. Yeah. yeah, it's the truth though, isn't it? True that what sets you apart, you, from so many other broadcasters or people who think they're broadcasters, you could not have been on the radio if you didn't get ratings. In other words, if you were boring, people would turn you off. That's the difference. You have had to, to go compelling. to. Have you to had to be compelling. Yep. And I always thought the combination of you and Mike together was a great combination because Mike is so kind of flat and monotone. And you, I'm just talking about it like a musician. You're the loud notes. You're the guy who brings up the energy. And Mike brings it down to like a normal level. I thought it was a perfect pairing musically. Like I hear radio like music. And you know, I think he should have fought very, very hard to keep you as part of his team. The two of you together made life easier for one another. I totally agree. And I've had him on twice, you know. On, I've had him on recently a lot here on our show. Right. I had him on about two weeks ago for an hour. You probably didn't know that. Very sharp. And I had him on the day Whitey Ford died in October, you know, because I know he loves the Yankees and Whitey Ford and everything else, the old Yankee pitcher. So you're right. There is a chemistry there. And you have that perfect grouping. It's like a perfect harmony. You know, we know how to play off one another. And when Mike needs to be uplifted, I can screen. And when Mike and we need to calm down, Mike can bring us down. That, listen, to be, we used to, to make, be honest, we, I'm that a, was a great I'm team. It's a great radio yeah. team. And I'm fascinated by radio teams that break up. You know, I value my radio team. I think Mike, and, and I don't know the guy, so you can correct me, but I don't think he valued you enough. I really do not think he valued you enough because he had a teammate. And you know, in radio, when guys are attacking you and there are radio wars and there's ratings wars, to have a good teammate like yourself who's loud and vocal, it gets you pumped up. And, and, and he, I think, you know, especially toward the end of his career, he got, he got very like, kind of paranoid on the radio. These other guys were attacking him. If he had had you there, I think he would have been able to withstand some of the pressure. I think, you know what? Good. Thank you, Howard. I, I think there's a lot to that. I, I think there's a hundred percent. I do think Mike understands now after all this time that the team was a super team. So I, yep. I do think that now I do think, you know, Mike's not going to come out. He's just not going to come out and, you know, do accolades on Chris Russo. This is not, it's not Mike's way. So you're not going to hear Mike for an hour say, you know, what a partner, what a show. Yeah, it's just not Mike's deal. That's not the way he is. So from that standpoint, you're not going to get him to admit it. But I do think you're right. I do think that what we had as a team was very significant. That's why me leaving 
trying here was was a hard decision to make. We've talked about this. You know, it's not easy to go leave after 19 years to go try. But it wouldn't come if it wasn't for you. I mean, the bottom line is that you were, and I'm not just saying that. I knew if you were here, the company was going to be okay, and I can go work at a place where Stern works. Uh, the, the company is going to be fine. I know we had some rocky moments, but I know the company was going to be fine. But I do agree with you on the podcast. I do think people think everybody does podcasts. Everyone. Who has no, who has no radio ability, go to a break, pace a show, how to handle a guest, do a little rant for six minutes, get the commercials in, get your ensemble in the flow of the program. There's a lot to it. And the podcast, well, none of these guys know how to do this. You're a thousand percent correct. And there's so many of them, Howard. Yeah. Oh, everybody's got a pod. Everybody in the world's got a podcast. So as a result of that, I think they all get lost in the mix some. So if you can stay on the radio and stay relevant, which you have been able to do, which fortunately I've been lucky, I've been able to do it, and you can do that for a long time, that is almost more of a compliment than being a flash in the pan. The fact you can stay on there for such a long period of time. Look how long you've been on. When did you? Uh, when was your first job? First serious nine, job? 81, 19, 82? 1977, 1976. I wow. was on the, I was on, you know, real radio on. That's almost five decades. Radio. That's almost five decades. Yeah. It's almost yeah. five decades. So, yep. I mean, that is, if you can do that, longevity is the key to success. If you can stay relevant and compelling and people want to hear what you have to say for that long a period of time. And not only that, we, and I shouldn't put me in the same category, you went to serious. So you, you, you left something that you knew was going to be good. Who was not going to listen to you on morning radio terrestrial? to go to a new venue to get people to move with you. That is very, very hard to do. People do not realize that. And I I did it because I needed a blow, and I felt that I could – I felt confident in my own ability as a talk show so that I could pull it off. But, right. again, you were the first to do it. And so we, everybody who followed you over here had that as a little – and I don't want to kiss your rear end – but no, no, true. you're nice to we, say we, that, we, and I appreciate we, we, it. We had you to rely on. We had you guys to rely on. Well, Stern's there, and he's successful. Why can't I give it a shot? You know, I, I don't put any credibility in Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, any of this shit, particularly the Radio Hall of Fame. I've been very critical of it. I don't understand it. I don't know who votes in it. It, it's, um, it seems like a crock of shit to me. But yet, uh, going back to this team that you had before you went solo, Mike Francesca has been honored by the Radio Hall of Fame. You were 50% of that. I mean, why have you not been inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame? And do you care about it? Uh, I, first off, the fact that I'm not inducted and I have you to talk about it because I know you talk about this, it's almost better off I don't get in because I have you, I have you out there. So I have you support me. That's the first thing. But three years ago, it bothered the hell out of me. Right. Three, I, I was in Peoria, Illinois for a, a Bradley University. They have a broadcasting school. So I went there for two days. Uh, Charlie Steiner, the old uh, Yankee announcer, does the Dodgers, invited me out there because it's his school. Charlie so Steiner. Out. He used yes. to work with Jay Thomas. He was a That's great uh, radio guy. Yeah, oh, he's a Charlie. great guy. What, what a career he's had. Anyway, I'm friends with him. So I went out there for three days to, you know, to sort of be a guest for him at his school. And that's when Mike was inducted. You know, the yeah. Hall of Fame. And I have to admit, it bothered the hell out of me. Sure. It did. It bothered, it bothered me. And I, it doesn't bother me as much as it did a couple of years ago. But it, I, and you have really helped me with that because you have Did you on. ever, 
But did you ever said, did you ever contact? I don't know, even know who no, who would be no in charge contact. of that. No, no contact. I can't, no, no contact. No. In other words, Mike, you know, a great broadcaster. He had a great thing with you, but that certainly the two of you, if you were going to honor that show with a Hall of Fame, you'd have to honor both guys. I should I tell think. you. Um, I shouldn't tell you this because you're not going. You're going to be. Uh, you may not like it, but I I have a dream that if I did get that honor and you know you got to have somebody do a little speech for you that's right you know you know i'm gonna ask to do it don't you you All right, no, I you better hope I, that he never I, gets in I, yeah i, have I don't think you would do it but i don't think you will do it i swear to god i will i will Here's ask my dream. you to do it because my i respect you so much now, as a radio guy now i dream that you never ever get into the <laughs> radio hall of fame would you do it would you do it uh, if i asked no. you no. You wouldn't. I'll tell you, you what. You would say, Chris, uh, uh, thanks for the offer, but I'm going to pass. I No, I would just bitch and moan to Robin about it all day and say that <laughs> fucking Chris Russo has destroyed my life. I don't want to. You know, you know what it is, Chris? I, you're not going to believe this. I, I happen to adore you as a broadcaster. I think you're really top notch. And I would be honored to see you in the Radio Hall of Fame. But the, here's the truth. I have been so critical of that organization. I would feel hypocritical to show up. And, you know, induct you into something I don't even, the fact that you have to be voted on is offensive to me. And so I would get up there and say something really stupid, like, you guys are all full of shit. This fucking guy, he's a top broadcaster. He brought in millions of dollars into a radio station. He's brought in uh, uh, tremendous audiences. And now you're honoring him? You go fuck yourself. See, it it would take uh, away from your moment. I, but you know what, uh, to have you do that would, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I would not expect you to do it, but I would, I, I swear to God, I, I would ask you. Well, no, I, you. I probably won't now. I probably won't now based on what you just said. Right. But you know who uh, should, you want to know who should induct you? And I'm not ahead. kidding. Mike, Mike. Mike or Sour Shoes. Honestly, ah, if Sour Shoes got up, yeah. he is, he does such an impression of you that he's, he's so, he's fantastic. You know what else I could ask? And he's Ooh. a he loves you. He loves you. Joe Ooh. Buck. Joe Buck. Oh, Joe Buck. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Very I like good Joe guy. Buck. Uh, Very I, good. I could see that. But I swear, I know you don't think I'm just saying this because you, yeah, I'm on. No, I swear. If well, I n- now now I know that you wouldn't want to be in that situation. So now I'll pass. But, yeah, but you know, who, I would who, in the circumstances. I got circumstances. an idea for you. Since I'm such a dickhead and don't understand the joy in anything. You know who would be fabulous to induct you into the Radio Hall of Fame? Who's that? And I mean this. David Letterman. And I'll tell you why. You know, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. David, would he do you, it? Would he do it? Would he do it? Yes. He has nothing to do. He, I, I speak to him every once in a while. He says, I am, I'm sitting here staring at the wall. He would, he would jump at the chance. He, he, he would, really he, would? Yeah. yeah. I, that's a guy I would definitely. Con- you know what, Howard? That by is why way. you're brilliant. No, that is way. perfect. You're right. I would ask him. By the way. He doesn't. He's he's plenty busy. He's got plenty to do. But I think he would do it for you. I do. I, now, you must miss that show, and I'll tell you why. It, it, that was the glory days because David Letterman, when he had that show, it had a certain gravitas, right? It had, like, when you got asked to be on Letterman, that was really your Radio Hall of Fame. Mike wasn't asked to do it. You were asked to do it. Am I correct? Uh, you know, it's. To be on Dave was it was a tremendous thrill, and I'll tell you something right now. You know what, my kid, my I have a kid who's at Wisconsin. I have four kids, as you know. I know. I have a kid at Wisconsin, 
who is a who's going to be a good radio host if he wants to do it. You know what he loves to watch? You with Rickles on there that day, oh. late in Rickles' career. Oh, yeah. you funny with Rickles <laughs> with Letterman. Oh, it was funny. You remember that one? It was about yeah, seven or eight years ago. Oh, is it yeah. funny? Anyway, uh, and Rickles, Rickles was superb. He was so good. Yeah, Letterman was um, very, very significant to uh, in in a lot of ways. My early part of the career, you know, I was on thirty. Was, was times. Mike angry with you that you did not bring him on? Uh, I think at times it bothered him. I think Dave would have had Mike on if he knew that Mike would say yes. Right. So I, I think I think Mike was not going to go on because he knew I. It was sort of my thing. Right. So I don't think Mike would have done it. But I. But your overall point about Dave, you're a hundred percent right. That was a very very significant part of my life with him. And I ever, did I ever tell you this story? I don't think I've ever told you this. Robin, listen to this one. The um, twice in a row in two thousand and three, I had a book out. And Dave invited me. You know, Dave was going to promote the book. As, you know, he was good with that, as you know. Yeah. And the first time I went in there, you know, I took a day off. You know how it is. got to leave the show early, taped at 530. One day I go in there, and he's got uh, Demi Moore on. So I get bumped. No problem. Oh. Demi Moore, I can live. No problem. <laughs> Come back about a week, uh, whatever it was, maybe a couple weeks later, and Courtney Love is in there. Right. And I get bumped again. I think mm. nothing of it. This is David Letterman. This is part of the world. You have to understand this. Okay. About a week or so later, I'm driving to work. This is when I was on FAN. I'm driving to work, local station in New York, and I get a phone call. And it's Dave. And he said, Chris, hi, David Letterman. Dave, yeah, what, uh, you know, it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, what's up? He says, I want to apologize for bumping you twice. Unforgivable on my part. And if you would do me a favor and, you know, forgive me. And next time we have you on, would you come on? And I said, Dave, are you crazy? Of course I'll come on. From that moment on, he always gave me two segments, not one. Well, that's a classy move. Because Put me on would... at 12 instead of 1225. How about right. that? Dave Letterman, a local little radio guy from New York who's no big deal under any circumstances. This is not serious now. This is on FAN. Calls me up on the way to work and says, Chris, I apologize. You don't have to apologize. He's David Letterman. And then the next time, and from that time on, we're talking about well, 20 times now. Two because segments, Dave, Howard. Two because, segments. because, Chris, Dave knows how difficult it is to do radio. He respects radio guys. He's done it himself. And he knows how difficult it is to hold an audience. He respected you. That's why he picked up the phone. And not only that, he knows you've given up work to go show up at his show. I and, was really impressed by that. I was really impressed by that, that he did that. And, you know, it's, it's guys like, you know, listen, you and Dave... I mean, when you think about it, in my era, a little past Carson, I mean, you, you two, you, you're the biggest media guys out there from the things that you do. You radio. I mean, you, you carried Dave when you went on there. You went on there for 45 minutes for crying out loud. Think about well, that. You know, but I, I got to tell you, I miss Dave. I miss Dave. I miss Dave, too. There was a certain uh, excitement. If you were tapped to go on the Letterman show, you felt it that you had arrived. It meant, yeah, it meant something. something to you. Yeah, it did. yeah. But that's yeah. a good one, Howard. You will probably. Listen, I'm not stupid. Eventually, they're going to put me in the Radio Hall of Fame. I mean, I hate to say that. It sounds cocky. But well, eventually, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna run out of people. Hey, you know, how about Russo? Let's throw him a bone. That's a, that's One you, of these days, you, you they're going to do that. You'll you think they'll in. go through everybody in radio, and then they'll finally <laughs> get to you. They say, you know, all right, no, he's 81 years old. Let's give him a, a throw. Uh, but now that I know that you would rather not be asked, 
Now that I know, I might do it anyway. I might maybe write you a little letter. <laughs> but, Please don't. Uh, but Dave, D- Dave is the next. You you gave me an idea. I will I you will know, go to Dave if you, you think know, he'd do uh, it, and you think he'd do it. You know, John Bon Jovi. I've known him since the beginning of his career, and he came to me. He actually met me outside my psychiatrist's office and said, "Please induct me into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame." And I had to go to Cleveland to do this, and I, I did yeah. it for him because I've had a long friendship with him. But I tell you, I was miserable the whole time. But my that's wife the even Rock said, Hall of Fame. That's a little different than the radio, not as hypocritical. That's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Howard. No, I, I want so you nothing to do. I, nothing to I do even. I told the Radio Hall of Fame, please do not induct me. I do not want to be inducted. I don't want to be in anything called the Radio Hall of Fame. I don't even believe there really is one. I believe it doesn't exist. <laughs> That's what I said. But, I probably uh, shouldn't take it so seriously, basically. If you feel that way, I should feel the same way. Absolutely. And I don't, but I should. You should. should you should. Well, uh, the thing that outrages me is that Mike, your partner, for so many years, was inducted. And that makes no sense to me. See, that's what pisses me off. You're, 19 you're, years. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'm glad it's I crazy. Uh, did you enjoy going to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Did you, did you get a kick out of it when you actually went? No. No, I get a kick out of nothing. Uh, my wife had a great time. I brought my sister-in-law. She had a great time. It was, there, there were a tremendous amount of talent in the room, but I'm miserable. I'm a miserable man, so I did not have fun. And uh, uh, sometimes I like to think you like to think you're miserable and down deep you're happy. I think no. there's probably a little element of that going on. But I don't how think could so. you not, How could you not enjoy being in a rock and roll with all you love music with all those big Chris, stars there? He went back to his room almost immediately after inducting yeah, Bon Jovi. In I have to get my nap. I have to get my sleep. I don't have to. <laughs> Funny, I have been so, I did not realize that you were such, this is your favorite band, right? Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young? I love Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. One of my favorite I have bands. Done, because- I have done so much on them in the last, whatever it might be, last year or so. And everybody said, that's Howard's favorite band. And you've had all four guys on, right? All four guys. I have. All four guys I've had. Neil Young was hard to get on, but I finally got him on. And uh, each one of those guys are great storytellers. And they are a great band. And the harmonies and the amount of songs they've written, you it's mind-blowing. There's nothing to compare it to today. That You know, those guys are just, I mean, um, Neil Young sees the thing go down at Kent State. He walks right, into so, the woods. Right, so Ohio. Yeah, right, so Ohio in five minutes. Yep. Right, so Ohio in five minutes in the woods. And he says, come on, let's go in the studio and record it. I, I mean, but- it's a genius, right? That's it. Now that teach your children was going up the billboard charts at the time. And Graham Nash, who's a good guy, as you would know, Graham Nash, yep. you know, the hell will teach your children. This is more of an important song. Let's put this, let's make sure this gets, this track gets done. And it zoomed up the billboard charts and blew off teach your children. And as you know, teach your children's a great song. Great song. Let me, let me, let me test your Musical expertise because you're I'll be an expert careful. on. A, I'm, I'm not great no. on this. But no, go the, ahead. no, this is an opinion. I'm, when it comes to opinions, you have a million of them. I have heard you wax poetic, even on my show, about Karen Carpenter of the Carpenter. Oh yeah, I know. Who, I love her. I love her. You love her. Um, gr- uh, a drummer and singer and songwriter. Right. Who is the greatest drummer of all time? John Bonham of Led Zeppelin, Neil Peart of Rush, or Karen Carpenter of the Carpenters. It's not Karen Carpenter, I understand. Oh, thank God. You didn't, put, right. Keith, you didn't put Keith Moon in there of, uh, of the who. How come? Okay, Keith Moon or Ginger Baker of Cream. What about that? Right. I, you know, see, you know, it's funny, Howard. You're a little older than me, 
And I lost, I was 10 with Woodstock. So right. I didn't really know the 60s as well as I should have. And right. because of that Laurel Canyon, I know you probably didn't see it on Epic. I did. Of course I oh, watched it. Did I love it? Oh, my God. I must have watched it 20 times. Because of that, I got so drawn to the birds, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Morrison, you name it, in uh, Joni Mitchell, you name it in the 60s. So right now, I can't get enough of 60s music. I play it on the air all the time. Back, all, oh, I love Dylan. You haven't had Dylan on, have you? Have you ever had Dylan Never. on? You know why you're falling in love with Laurel Canyon? I'll tell you why. Think about this. Can you imagine a group of musicians? First, Frank Zappa moves to Laurel Canyon. Right. The Mamas and the Papas move up there. Yep. Then Crosby, Stills, and Nash, Joni Mitchell, right. and they have parties at each other's house. All the homes are open. It's like a commune of some of the greatest musicians of all time. 100%. 100%. And they sat around. Can you imagine what that sets off in your brain? That the, 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 first of all, they all banged each other. They had sex yes. with each other. They wrote songs drugs. together, drugs. drugs together. Everything right. was communal. That's what you're freaking out over. That doesn't happen anymore. A hundred percent. I wish I was born in the sixties. I wish I was old enough to understand the sixties. Did you ever think you were old enough? Did you think about going to Woodstock in 69? This is the craziness of that. So when Woodstock happened, I was 15 or so. Oh, that's old enough. All right. And I went cross country, uh, on a bus with, uh, 40 kids in a summer camp, but we, we camped out. It was the next summer. I worked right like 15 minutes from, uh, I, I, I took a job at a summer camp. And it was up in the Catskills. If I had just been one year older, I would have been at Woodstock because all the guys who worked in the kitchen would go over to Woodstock during their breaks and hang out. So I missed it by a year. Missed but, it uh, by a year. Well, now, what, what turns you on? Now, listen, in 70 and 71, they sold a million out, that Deja Vu album. Right. They sold a million. Is that when you got to, you know, they played Fillmore, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in New York. They, was, when did it, you get turned on to them? Uh, the, I got turned on to them really during the Deja Vu album which really blew my mind. And then that first Crosby, Stills, and Nash album, too. Then oh, I got great. into that. That's and a great guys, album. It was album. insane. It, it was, Stephen Stills is one of the greatest yes, uh, guitar players musician. ever. Great musician. Yeah. Great musician. Great oh, musician. Uh, uh, yeah, and I tell you, I love, McGuinn, I have McGuinn on there, Robin. Think about it. Roger McGuinn now. Oh, he doesn't know yeah. Chris Russo if he fell on me. He don't know who I am. <laughs> Right. But we called them up. I said, you know, because I'm into the birds. I love the birds. I watch all the old YouTube things with the birds, with McGuinn and everything else. And I, we call McGuinn up. So McGuinn, I tape it in February at 10 o'clock in the morning. He's got, he's got a 17 guitars and he's playing songs. Now you do, you have this all the time. I never have this. This is a big right. deal for me. I'm talking to baseball players for crying out loud. So I right. got McGuinn sitting there. He's got that black hat on and he's got his guitars for an hour playing all sorts of songs, you know, right. turn, turn, turn. Oh, did I get a kick? Oh, my goodness, did I get a kick out of that? I loved it so much. Most, I'll tell you, most significant interview, most enjoyable interview I've ever done in my life. And I've been doing this for 40 years, Howard. Most significant interview with a 78-year-old guy from the birds who last year at this time I couldn't tell you anything about. And you know well, why I turned, got turned on to him? Because I was sitting around for 12 months with this pandemic Nothing to do, and I got wrapped up in the music. Think about that for a second. How about Interviewing that? musicians is the greatest honor in the world because musicians, their process, 
how they create this music is something that is of another world that it comes to them somehow they're tapped into their emotions have you ever been tapped in emotionally the way no, a musician God. is no, you can't that's why we can't write songs they get affected by everything and then you hear the process by which they put this stuff together and the influences i mean there's no Tom Petty without Roger McGuinn. Oh, I mean, that's a good boy, Howard. Excellent. Excellent. Yes, yes. You see yes. how it all ties together. Traveling Wilburys. Oh, I've right. been so into them from the, you know, with Orberson and with, before he died. Don't forget he died before the second right. album. Orberson uh, and uh, Petty and the, the Jeff Lynn and Harrison and Dylan. I can't, and Bob Dylan. I sat there about a month ago and I watched two, three hour biographies with Howard K. Smith on Bob Dylan, for crying out loud. Now, I'm a 61-year-old old fart white guy sitting here right. watching Bob Dylan in the 50s in Hibbing, Minnesota, Howard. Oh, did I get a thrill out of that. Oh, it's goodness. funny you say the traveling Wilburys. Like, at the time, I didn't realize how extraordinary it was that George Harrison got together with Jeff Lynn and all these guys and created this band. But just recently, myself, I, I love to go on YouTube and look up, like, the traveling Wilburys and watch these guys perform together. Yeah, all and these it videos. Is, it's unbelievable. And those guys never toured. No one got never to see toured. them. Never toured. They did the videos. Never. They did all the videos. They never toured. And That's those it. songs, Handle With Care, End of the Line, uh, Last Night, those songs, and Orbison's such a good singer. Oh, my God, Howard. I can't get enough of that stuff. I tell you, right? that is where I've changed as a talk show host. A year ago at this time, if you had me on, I would not have been able to break down the Traveling Wilburys for you. I would have heard of Roger McGuinn. I would not have known that much about the birds. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you and I, would not, I would not have known that much about that first album, which is great. You're right. About the couch and that old broken down house when they're out of order, you know, when they took the band picture. Yeah. I would not have been able to tell you a thing about that. So I become a better talk show host because of the pandemic. How about that? Well, you know, it's true because um, while you were kind of honing your craft with sports and that was your thing. I was one of these radio, you know, music DJs. I had a radio, I had a progressive radio show. So I, I was very involved in the music. Like I really loved music and musicians. So, you know, it would stand to reason that I know nothing about sports, but, you know, but know something and I about knew, music. And I knew nothing about, and I knew nothing about music. So there you go. I, I was wrapped up in, you know, during Woodstock, I'm sitting here watching a Yankee ball game with Mickey Mantle. I mean, so as a result, well. I mean, I, I, you know, no, I got into music a little later with Springsteen. But uh, and Jackson Brown, who I love. Right. But right. Uh, from from the from the 1964 to 1975, musically, I am lost, and I become better at it in the last year or so. So who is so the best drummer, Karen Carpenter well, or John Bonham? Come on, yeah, I give you that. I give <laughs> you that one. Yeah, I give you that. that. I got right, that one exactly. wrong. I got that one wrong. Go well, the problem is, you got into the Carpenters because you were so into sports. You had your head up your ass about music. You weren't listening to it. I, I do love right. the songs. I do love the songs, though. The songs are good. Top of the world. Although you don't love those songs, Howard. Those songs are good songs. No, it's not my thing. But I can appreciate anyone <laughs> who can write a song. If you could write a song. I told Rick these. I said, I'm jealous of Disco Duck. I wish I could write a novelty <laughs> song. I, anything would be, would be great. To, to write a song where the public taps in right. and connects. Come right. on. What, what could be better than that? How was Crosby with you? Was he good? David Crosby guy. was phenomenal. And he in fact, okay. one time he came on and he got himself into trouble because he commented. The Neil Young thing with, the, with the Madonna, Young. right? Yes. No, Neil Not, not Young. Madonna. Uh, Daryl Hannah. 
with Daryl Hannah. He 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 spoke out of turn because he's one of those guys. He's a great radio guest because he'll just speak his mind. In fact, he does a column now for Rolling Stone where he gives people advice. It's hysterical. But David Crosby, um, is a, did you see the movie about David Crosby? They did. Yes, a, I did. Yeah, yes, it's I, terrific. Yes, yes, I did. It's very good. One of the best radio guests ever. If you ever yeah, get a oh, chance. Oh, that good. Oh, that yeah. good. Wow. He's, wow. he's phenomenal. But he, he suffers no nonsense. If you ask him like the yeah, same old, no same fools. old. Yeah, suffers yeah. no fools. Yeah. He yeah. does not want nonsense. You know, you he, have to he, ask him something sophisticated to get a good answer out of him and make a little. That's right. Because he's because he's been around so long. He's done it all. He doesn't want to right. hear any of your bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. He just, he's just a no-nonsense guy. That's, that's the thing. By the way, before I wanted to bring this into you. Have, are you a reader of books? Uh, yeah, I, on the Kindle. I won't read a regular book. Get this one. Rock Me on that? the Water. Rock Me on the Water. Ronald uh, Jackson Brown? Brown? Ronald Brownstein, 1974 L.A. Came out on March 23rd. It's about Nicholson, Warren Beatty, Hayden, and Jane Fonda. Ronstadt, Jackson Brown, and the Eagles, and All in the Family, and the CBS Norman Lear lineup. Wow. This book is a great freaking book. Guys, coming on next Wednesday. Came out last Tuesday, the 23rd. And, you know, I didn't know anything about it. This is another thing. I'm wrapped up in sports. Somebody, my buddy Sean McAdam texted me. I don't know if, I don't know if you like to read Kindle, but there's no way you won't love this book. It's the 60s and the early 70s. It's up your alley. I wanted to show Rock you. me on the water. Yeah, Jackson Brown song, as you know. Jackson Brown song. Yeah, it's that good. I'll read. I'll get it today. I'll read it. Yeah, you'll love it. I'm telling you, the guy did a great job. And I saw him on CBS News. He was on the CBS Morning News last week. So I saw him, and he's really good on the air. And I told my guy, I said, Eddie, you got to get him on. And he's coming on next Wednesday. I wanted to tell you. Talk that. to me about broadcasting for a second. With this pandemic, there's obviously new technology. There's Zoom. There's You're able to do, you've done the show for the past year from your home. And you even proved to yourself that you could do a radio show without sports. Without sports, so, right. So, so you've had a lot of personal growth with this thing. I feel now that you can do your show from home, that you'll want to continue doing it from home even after the pandemic. That, in a way, it'll keep you in the game. What are you now, 61? It might keep yeah. you... It might keep you in the game. You don't have to commute. You're in Jersey or something. You have Not to Connecticut. commute. Yeah, Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. Yeah. You have to commute. Uh, this might, don't you think you might? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Here's what I would say. Let's just do the math. Okay. It takes me 17 hours a week to commute to and from Sirius. That's 17 hours a week. I'm 61 years of age. I've commuted for 35 years here in New York City. Don't forget, I used to go down to FAN in Astoria, Queens. That's 17 hours a week. That's a lot of hours a week on a railroad. I mean, you know, an hour and 15 minute ride, this, that, and the other. So I definitely think, no, I think my wife would like to get me out of the house occasionally. So right. and I do, and I do miss the energy of the city. I miss that. But as far as being done at six o'clock without, without having to run over to Grand Central, they get the right. 611 back to Darien, Connecticut. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that that is nice not to have to do that. So I do think there is an element of the juice that we miss you and I of not being with your buddies and you are seeing you in the hallway and walking in right. the series and you miss some of that. But right. the overall theme is that, you know, you can get up, you do the show at whatever time you do it at 7am. I can get up. I can do my thing. I'm done at three to six, whatever it is. And right. I'm done at six Oh one. And if it's nice weather out, I can take a six mile ride, ride. I can play tennis. I can walk my dogs. I, I can't do that when I get home a quarter to eight at night. So from what that standpoint, a, I agree. What is a six mile ride? I mean, on a bicycle? 
No, no, running on the streets. About oh, five, running. six miles. Yeah. You can still but, run? You're, you're, yeah, you're six- I've picked that up again. I, I can do about uh, 22 miles a week I do, 22, 24 miles a week. And at on 61, the, the you don't have any physical problems from the you running? Know, sometimes, sometimes my hip might bother me, and I might pull a calf muscle or something, but I get through it and I do it. You know, um, I'm still in pretty good shape, so I've been into that. And I can do it at 6 o'clock, Harry. I'm not going to run you, a quarter you, eight you, at night, but 6 o'clock is right out, uh, I can do it. You happen to look good. You didn't hit the wall. Not what, yet. What, what's with the hair? You, that, that's your natural hair color? Are you coloring it? No, I'm not coloring. Say, no, You're all, not coloring your hair. hair? No. Nope. Same hair. I got wow. good hair. My father, my father had good hair. That's right. Don't you get your hair from your father? Is that no, you get your hair from your mother's father. Uh, both oh, your of you are father. not scientists or geneticists. You don't know where you get your hair I, from. Listen, oh, you don't know I, where I have hair, too, and I don't color it either. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Do you miss being in a city? I'll tell you what. I have some mixed feelings about this. Like you, I 100% agree that what is keeping me in the game at this point in my life, I'm older than you, uh, doing the show from home has given me a healthier outlook because there was a lot of wear and tear of getting to the studio, getting back. Manhattan is rough. You know what I mean? Just getting sure around is. Manhattan, it, it yeah. just is rough. It's a, young man you it's a young, it's a young man, man city. city. So I don't miss it. I never liked Manhattan. I never liked being there. I loved, I loved the idea that I worked in Manhattan. I felt like I had arrived. I, that was a big deal radio guy because I worked in Manhattan, but I never liked the lifestyle. So for me, this will keep me in the game longer. Uh, well, we honestly. were very happy. Uh, did you think, I, I know you don't like to answer this, but I thought out you anyway, because I know you, you'll put up with it. Did you think that, uh, you know, were you, is it a guarantee that you were going to re-sign your contract and stay? Did you think about retiring? What did you think about a year or so ago? I, I was really struggling with what it is I might do. I really thought maybe I would retire. But I, I got to say, doing the show from home did give me a renewed energy and uh, made it easier. And also, I wasn't ready to walk away. I, you know, this really is my identity. I got a great audience. I've had, a, you know, a great career. Uh, there's a certain juice that I get from still doing it, but I, I can't imagine, and I'm being dead serious. I think this is really it, the last contract, because I can't imagine doing this five years from now. I think. Well, you did is, say you signed a five-year deal, so you got four more years to go, right? That's right. That's it. Well, we're just in the first year. We're still. Yeah, so you got a long way to go. So why are you even <laughs> yeah. thinking about that? Why are you even thinking about that now? You're going to be here for four more years. Why are you even but concerned yourself? Because about you that? asked me what kind of decision went into this, and the the company wanted a five year commitment, but I was okay with it because I felt I feel good, I feel healthy. You know why not? But you start to do the math, and you start to think, well, gee, maybe who knows what I'll be like in five years. You know, but you do enough other things. You do all the painting. You, you know, you're yeah. into the you're, you're into that. Uh, so, you're doing yoga. You're doing all that stuff too. Still, right? uh, yeah. I mean, I'm doing stuff, but it's it's diminishing. Like 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 that's why I said with running, I miss running, uh, but I'm not able to do it anymore. I get too many uh, problems from it. Do you have a Peloton? Yeah. Now you I got a problem it? with that. I've been using what? it for a year. It's been fantastic. Well, what's and the now problem my- with it now? Now my ankle's starting to bother me, my left ankle. It just like it, it blows up and it, it hurts to walk on it. But I'm going to try and go back to it now. I rested it out. It went away. So it's, it swells up the whole nine. You got to put ice on it, the whole nine yards? Yeah, the whole thing. I mean, it's crazy. So I don't know. Like maybe I, you know, I wish I could run. But now I'm walking. It's like such a fucking lame thing, walking. Do you, I know you have the cats. Do you have any dogs? Not now, no. We used no. to. 
Yeah. All right, do you what take you? long? Do you, yeah, I have two. Um, we're actually thinking about getting a third, but I have two. Do you uh, take long walks at, at the end of the day? Yeah, I do. Four o'clock in the afternoon, you go take a three mile walk. Sure, sure, I'll do that. Okay. Yeah. So you, I go you know, with my yeah, wife. yeah, you go out with Beth, and you go take a walk. Yeah, I do this. Listen, I make sure I go out and do sports because if I don't, I'll go nuts. That's why I hate the winter time. I mean, well, you what know, are you this doing? Winter, are you playing tennis? Oh yeah, tennis. Uh, I got the golf. I play occasionally. I mean, you know, I I I, I play. I, I mean, if I can't do that, I'm in trouble. That's where I'm going to get in trouble when right. I no longer can c- compete. And I get too old to go out there and, you know, play a doubles match with somebody or I can't walk around a golf course. That's when I'm going to be in trouble because, you know, I, I need to do that for my own mental capacity. Can't find it forever. When I miss died, you called into WFAN, right? You liked I miss you. Uh, yeah. He was, he, he was very important to me. Yes. hundred percent. Right. So I he did. Helped. He helped me. I have to yeah. be honest. I, I, you know, I, I don't want, I, I know that you should uh, be. I mean, I don't. You know, remember, when I started in radio, I was at WMCA there in 87. And in, and MCA used to be a great station, as you know, in the 60s. But in by the late 80s, MCA was, you know, a, a shell of what it used to be. And then it sold when all, all went all Christian. And right. so I had nowhere to go. And Imus heard of me on MCA. So right. as a result, he convinced the powers that be at FAN, you got to give this guy a chance here. He's nutty and all that nonsense. So that I've always, I've always owned, I've always owed that to Don who gave me an opportunity. And it's been an incredible amount of deaths. I mean, the Kobe Bryant thing was terrible. And, you know, Pedro Gomez, who's, you know, you wouldn't know him is an ESPN baseball reporter, dropped dead day of the Super Bowl. That took a lot out of the media. There's been a, it's been terrible. All the baseball hall of famers. It's been a, it's been a rough year. It's been a terrible year anyway, but a lot of terrible deaths with a lot of folks here in 2020. Really was bad year. What about, about you? The Kobe you, thing. Kobe wow. thing was terrible. terrible. Right, yeah, I mean that was just horrible. I mean, young guy, you know, family. It's a horrible story. Gets in a helicopter and he, and he and the helicopter the, the the pilot gets confused and crashes into a mountain. I mean, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you do, do you think of uh, do you think of the end? Do you think? Oh yeah. my God! Yeah. Constantly, yeah. constantly. I do too. I do too. What I about do. you? You want to be buried or you want to be cremated? My father was cremated. Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I hadn't thought of it. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess I'm going to be old fashioned and still be buried, huh? Don't you think so? You want to I'm be going in. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm going in a mausoleum. Well, you should. You put a big one up. We'll be in good shape, right? We'll have no. a big comeback. Do you ever read about these guys? They wake up in the morgue. They're actually alive. You know how many people in history must have been buried alive? I don't want to be burned up, but I want to be above ground with a casket that Just opens. in case. Just, Just in case. case. Well, why not? Case. You know, my wife laughs at me for that, but I'm doing it. I'm already looking into it. <laughs> well, you got plenty. You're in great. You got plenty of years left for crying out loud. Why are you well, that you concerned about plan. that? You're going to be in a mausoleum. You got to think about it. Of course you yep. think about it. Do you know they say, if you read about this, you can't think about your own demise for more than 10 or 15 seconds. The human brain can't stay with it. It's so upsetting and so weird. Is that true? Is that accurate? Wow. Think about it. Uh, Have you? Ever- yeah, I, I don't, I try not to dwell on it too much, but, you know, I've had, obviously, people I know have died of COVID, so that's hit right. me too. Um, yeah, it, 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 uh, it's 61, 62 years of age. You can, uh, there's, there's a story I should tell you. I, I took um, 
I went with 11 guys for my 60th birthday. So, which was a year ago, October. In June of 2019, I took 11 guys to Scotland to play golf. All right? Wow. So, we went to six or seven courses. I had them all put money in, and I picked up the balance. It was a great trip. Anyway, I hired a tour guide, you know, six, seven courses. To make a long story short, five of us were on a British Airways on a Friday night, June 25th, that left Kennedy at 6.30. And at 8.30 at night, the pilot comes on and says, could the head steward come into the cockpit immediately? We have an emergency. So the head steward goes in the, goes into the cockpit immediately, and the pilot comes out and says, listen, we've had a power failure, and the backup unit is not working. And we feel there's heat coming out of the overhead compartments. So oh. everybody stands up and feels it. So we're going to have to make an emergency landing in Gander, in Newfoundland, mm. because I can't take a chance that once we get over that game, you know, Gander's the last point when you go over the Atlantic. Once you get past Gander, you're stuck you're over that ocean. So we have to make an emergency landing in Gander. So please assume the crash position on the, in the aircraft, wow. and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get this plane down. He's at 35,000 feet. He dumps all the fuel. It's 46 degrees and raining in Gander. But he gets the plane down, fire trucks, everybody comes on in the plane and everything else, standing ovation on the plane, and in Gander for 17 hours before we could take off again. What a, that, what I went through that a year and a half ago, I felt that maybe God's going to give me a few more years left. That was pretty scary. That's the scariest so, it's been for me. So what went through your mind when that was happening? I took a Valium. Mm -hmm. You take Valium? I take Valium sometimes on aircraft so I don't get claustrophobic. Right. So I used, I've gotten over that, but I took a Valium and I was with five buddies. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we had five of us. They were all about 60 years of age, all about the same age. And, you know, so the fact I wasn't alone and I was with four good friends, I think it kind of helped. But there is no other, you know, that's the closest I've been on a plane where it was scary. There right. is no scarier moment than being up in 35,000 feet. And the pilot says, listen, we should be all right. We have both, you know, I, and don't forget, I was in a business class, so I had the bed out. You know, I had rolled out the bed because, you know, I was going to go sleep for a little while. Yeah. And I couldn't roll the, there was no power on the plane. So mm. I, I couldn't move the seat up. There, and you see the stewardess is running up and down the aisles, checking all the compartments, putting their hands up there to see if there's any heat coming out. That's a scary, that is scary. And that was only a year and a half ago and I was about to approach 60, I kind of felt, you know what, maybe this is my scary part of my life, and I'll have 20 more years after this if I get through this. Plane landed. I could have been in Gander for four days. I wouldn't have cared. I was so happy I was on the ground. But, I mean, I didn't have any problem getting back on a plane either. I got back on the neck. They sent us a plane from Boston. We Off we went. Uh, but you know, bottom line is that was a scary moment. That was, that was a very scary moment a year and a half ago. Very you know, scary. I don't understand why on planes. Why can't they give us all our own little parachute? Let's say his shit hits the fan. We're up there. Right. I mean, I've never parachuted, but if they said to me, look, this plane's going to crash, just jump out and pull this cord. I'd do it. Wouldn't you? Uh, if it came down to crashing, I, I, I get, I'm afraid of heights, but yes, I get up, I'd open up that door and out I go. Did I've you been cry? okay on a plane since I was, you know, I prayed to God. You did. I said, I sure did. I said, did you know you were anyway. religious? Did, did, yeah, did I was you religious anyway, but not that religious. Were. 
Right. I mean, I said, God, you got to get us out of this. You know, one of those. Did you reach out to anybody besides God? Well, my five buddies that were sitting right next to me, we all looked at each other. Says, I, I remember I told one guy, John Hutch, who's a big athlete, went to Hamilton, and he's usually pretty stoic. I said, John, what do you think? He says, yeah, I'm very, very concerned. When you hear that from a guy that you respect and usually is calm, cool, and collected, and yeah. on match point in tennis, he hits a backhand down the line for a winner to get back to do so, you know, he can handle pressure moments. And when you hear that, you get a little nervous. You get a little did nervous. You guys, so, did you guys hold hands? Or were you masculine uh, no, right I to the end? No, I did not hold hands. I didn't go right. that big. <laughs> right, right, right. I didn't, say the, I didn't say, right to the end. I didn't say the Lord's <laughs> Prayer, but uh, we were pretty happy when that damn thing landed. I can tell you a big 777 on British Airways. That, that, that's you, the scariest one. Recently. What do you think of uh, athletes who thank God after they win a game? Like, don't well, you think... I like to, why don't they thank God when they lose? Right. Exactly. I mean, you're telling me God was on your team? Come it on. It drives you crazy. It drives you crazy. It drives, it yeah. drives you crazy. I mean, if, you know, I want to thank, thank the, how about thanking God when you lose, when you miss the, when you miss a 20 footer and you've had an awful game and your team's lost by 20. Thank God. You know what? Thanks for giving me the opportunity to play. Do that. Right. Yeah, I don't, I let it go one ear and out the other. I don't pay too much attention to that. It's like, how about thank you, God, for giving me feet so I can walk? That's right. it. Right. Yeah. No, you know, we did have a, the best sports, I'll, I'll throw one sports thing at you here for a second. The best sport, or the, the best game that I have seen in the last year in any sport, now it didn't work out because they lost last night, was that Gonzaga-UCLA game on Saturday night. I'm sure you right. heard about it. Yeah. 93-90 in overtime. That is the best event that I have seen in sports, in the, and that includes football, in the last year was that game. Now, Gonzaga did lose, but. That was the best. But don't you think? Way, go ahead. I know you have Tom Brady burnout. I was just going to talk to you about that. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, come on. This guy. What? A, I mean, again, the, the guy's older. He's winning. He goes to another team. He proves the fact that, you know, he doesn't need Belichick for everything. Right. I mean, wh what? I mean, what a great story this year. 100%. And by, and by the way, you did a tremendous job with that. Robin, didn't he do a great job with Brady? Great interview, right. And Brady did a great job, too. You know, yeah, right. you could do, you could do the, you could be a great interviewer, but the guy doesn't give you any answers. It, I don't care who you are. I mean, you gotta yeah, have screw. the guy help you out. I mean, it, right. it, it's a two-way street with interviews. You can set him up, but if he doesn't respond, you're dead. Uh, but were you but moved? Brady I know in the great. past you've been like burned out on Brady. It's almost yeah. like you can't handle it, but I mean, the you had to be moved. Have, yes, absolutely. And now you're that, Howard. Remember, they were six and five. You know, they right. were dead. And, you yep. know, he didn't shake hands with Jared Goff on a Monday night game after a loss. You may have heard about that. And he got a lot of yep. grief for that. They were really in trouble. And then he turns around and he wins five games in a row. They win the three games on the road in the postseason. And then he does what he has to do. You know what Brady's great at? Brady is great. He can win the game by himself or he can manage the game properly. He does what he has to do to win that particular game. He's got a sense, okay, do they need me to do this today or this today or maybe a little of this today? You know, sometimes that's not to do that much. The defense is playing well. Sometimes the running game is good. All he's got to do is hand the ball off. Sometimes it does rely on him. He's got to have a great game. He's got to throw 400 yards, 450 yards. He is tremendous at doing those three, at understanding his role in that particular game, and he can, and he can do all the roles. And in other words, so you're saying the reason he's so great he can adjust. It exactly. doesn't matter what's happening around him. 
Is he the greatest athlete that ever lived? I mean, you got Muhammad Ali, who was an incredible boxer. You've got, uh, hell, oh, I Jim mean. Brown, it, Jim Brown, a running back. Jim Brown, a running back. You know, Jim Brown, he'd have to right. be up there. Jordan would have to be up there. Did you right. watch the Jordan documentary, by the way? The yes, I thought it was fabulous. Yeah, good boy. It was great. He did a great job. You liked it? Oh, I loved it. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved it. 100%. Uh, yes, what, what, uh, but Brady is the greatest winner. Outside of Bill Russell. Who won sixteen? Who won eleven championships for the Celtics? He's the greatest winner of all time. Does Brady's success take away from Belichick's legacy? It bit. does, right? In little other words, bit. now yeah. people go, "Oh, we thought Belichick was the reason Brady was so great." It's a combination. Most of your great teams in football, Howard. And I don't want to get too sports on. I enjoy talking to so much. Get sports on Most of the great teams in football historically have the combination of quarterback and coach. Bill Walsh, Joe Montana. Vince Lombardi, Bart Starr. Belichick, Brady. In most of the great dynasty, Unitas and Weeb Eubank. There's there's about seven or eight of them. Most of the great teams that win multiple championships have the coach-quarterback in sync, where you got the Hall of Fame coach and the Hall of Fame quarterback. And what Brady was able to do here that is very significant is he went somewhere else and his coach, although decent, Bruce Arians, is not a Hall of Famer. So he went to Tampa as the Hall of Fame quarterback without the Hall of Fame coach and still won. Belichick lost his Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's the Hall of Fame coach. He's a great coach. We all know how great he is. But he lost the Hall of Fame quarterback, and he has yet to prove that he can win Without the Hall of Fame quarterback. Now, the one thing I would say, Belichick is going to, like you and me, he's never going to quit. You can tell me five years. You and I will be doing this for a long time. <laughs> Belichick, will ne- Belichick will never quit. He's 68 right. years of age. He loves it. And right. he will win another one. Now, he is going to be motivated because Brady won without him. He can deny it until the cows come home. He's competitive. I mean, nobody's going don't to. You, don't you think I wanted to prove that I could do this show without Mike? I, yes. that's, the same, that's the same principle. Belichick wants to show that he can win without Brady. And so he will stay there for another 30 years to go out there and try to win a Super Bowl without Brady. So he, what your prediction is, he will chase that dream of winning yeah, another Super win Bowl. Too. And he'll win one. He'll win one. He's, he's that good. Coach. Yeah, he's that good. He's were you, coach. When you worked with Mike Francesa, were you jealous? Yes. Of the, Parcells? You were. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You, you were jealous of Mike's relationship Much, with, with the coach? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I was wanted also, that. I was also jealous, you know, when I first got to FAN with Mike, you know, Mike worked at CBS. Right. You know, he did the, he did the college basketball with Jim Nance and all the stuff there. And yep. I was jealous of that because Mike was on TV and, you know, a big dude there at, at the football and the basketball. And I'm 29 years of age. Right. I'm not going to deny it. Uh, who, who, why would I deny it? Yeah, I was damn right. I was jealous. Jeez, you know, look at Mike and I'm a little talk show host here. And I'm basically I'm Mike's water boy. You know, so that that bothered me. I'm not going to deny it. No, I got over it. Seven or eight years took a while, but I got over it. But the Mike Bill relationship did bother me. There's no question yeah. about it. And, and yeah. Bill was, you, you know, Bill wants. Yeah, I wanted it. Who so doesn't want to be the head? Who, who doesn't want to be a friend of the head coach? So loud. these guys you took to uh, Scotland to go golfing and stuff are most of them like accomplished sports guys. Like, is that who you hang with? Like, who are the five guys? Uh, let's see what anybody that you would know. Um, I actually asked Joe Buck to go on that trip. Um, but, uh, no, they were just, they're just normal guys. Uh, you know, golfers, 
Well, they're all golfers, obviously. You're not going to go to Scotland right. if you don't play golf. <laughs> but normal guys, nobody in sports, nobody in the media. Uh, and what does nobody, it look like? Nobody, what does no, it look no, like? An average fan wouldn't know who the persons are. People you are. say to your wife, look, I need a guy's trip to Scotland. This is a, you know, a manly trip. And what does it look like? You go, you got, you, you plan this whole thing around golf. Like you, you wake up every day, little breakfast at the hotel. Right. Scotland's beautiful, but that's irrelevant because right. you guys, you guys don't give a fuck. You just want to golf. That's the it. The whole day. Uh, uh, and first off, let's give my lovely wife, Jean, who I never talk about on the radio and I should. That's Why? give her a lot of credit because yes. remember, I took 12 people golfing in Scotland. You know, you know, you know, take a guess. I'm, and remember, I had, a, I had to rent a helicopter. Because the, I missed the connection. So when I got to Heathrow to get to Turnberry, I had to rent a helicopter to get the five guys who were stuck in Newfoundland. I had to rent a helicopter to get the five guys there. So you got to throw that in. And that's a two-hour two helicopter ride, Howard. That's not 10 minutes. Heathrow to Turnberry, you can do the math. That's, that's a long flight. But take a stab. It cost me a fortune. But well, my first wife, of no all, problem. Go do it. Go do it. Most, most helicopters... They, the the maximum time you can be in the air is two hours. They don't yeah. allow you to do it longer than a two hour. This thing must have cost you a fortune. Twenty five thousand for the helicopter. Twenty five grand for the two. Twenty five grand. I had to get them there. We had to get we, we you know we had a tournament. We had to get them there. But you know, I so I give my wife a ton of credit. You know, you know, Chris, do what you want. Go ahead, go enjoy yourself. Take the twelve, and she, she knows how much it costs. You know, yeah. It's is a lot it of good for a marriage for you yes. to go yes. off on your own? Yes. I think. Yes. Why couldn't your wife go to Scotland with you guys? She could have enjoyed, uh, you well, know, the surroundings. I think. I think, you know, remember. Well, at that point, the pandemic wasn't here. Uh, right. It was nineteen. Yeah, I do think. Don't you think you need a blow from your from your spouse occasionally? I I definitely do. Yes, yes, yes. So in that sense, we wait for nine days. So we get up in the morning, we go play 18 holes at Troon and Turnberry and Muirfield, all these great courses. And then we rented, we had a bus. So I had a tour guide, we rented a bus. And so we took the bus across the country and stayed in these hotels along the way. So we didn't have to do anything. Bus held 15 people. And we had sandwiches and beers, and it was a hell of a trip. I mean, it was, sounds it exhausting. Hey, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? I mean, a good brother. Oh my God, it's unreal. <laughs> Where are we at with you? I said yesterday that a transgender girl, you know, eighth grade, let's say, I watch I Am Jazz. I don't know if you watch that. It's, uh, but she wanted to join the soccer team. Right. She's a, she trans, you know, she takes hormones, she transits, she's, she's the real deal. She's going to become a girl. Right. I say she should play on the soccer team. Where are you at with this? That's a very tough argument. We've had an issue with Connecticut with that, too, you know, because a lot of people in Connecticut don't like the fact that transgenders now are playing, competing against girls and right. winning. And, you know, you know, you know how the Connecticut families are. They want to win. Uh, so they can't, you know, they think that they're somehow, you know, that somebody at UCLA is going to spot them. And put them so on the track team. It's sports. Let's go. Let, so, you, so you, no, that's no it. problem. You're okay with that? No problem. Well, I have a problem with sports. I think they should do away with them. I, I think that, you know, forget about transgender. But, 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 but no, no issues with competing, uh, transgender. None. No, no issues. Interesting. No issues whatsoever. It's a tough argument. It's a tough call. I, I don't I mean, know how I feel about that. What I'll do you, you think you of feel. a transgender a, league? You know, like, it, like, uh, competing with I, the like. I would love you know? that. I would, That's a good, I, 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 I don't know. The trouble is, are you going to be able to have enough teams to compose a league in that situation? That's the issue. I don't know. Here's how you feel. I mean, you need five or six. You need, you need a lot of people. Go ahead. You're a family man. You got four kids. One of your kids was, says to you, Hey, I'm going to become a girl. 
And you'd be you'd be heartbroken if if if, if she came on one day and she says, "Listen, I want to just play on the soccer team. They won't let me." You'd be heartbroken. I want to play on the girls' soccer team, right? You'd and you still love, and you still and you would still love your child as your child, or she's your of course. Your child. Yeah, that's what I'm I saying. Mean, uh, uh, fair. Fair. But, uh, but what about uh, professional sports? I mean, it's one thing with kids and they just want to play. What about professional sports? Same thing. Well, cares. You know, we, 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 we did, didn't we, uh, remember we had that Oscar Pistori, you know, that Oscar, the, the kid down in South Africa who you know, right. had the Astana, he was got an, a competitive advantage. Yeah. I think you got to look at it from a competitive advantage standpoint. If the, if doctors, and I have read some things that doctors say there's nothing to it, so it's no big deal. I have read that. So if that's the case, sure, compete. I wouldn't like a competitive advantage. I wouldn't like that. If somebody got a competitive advantage because now that person is competing in women events and because of his bio, uh, he or she's biological components, that person's got a competitive advantage, I don't think that's fair. But if science and doctors said there's nothing to it, I'd have no problem with it. How's that? I'll leave it Did on you, the science thing. Have uh, you been following this whole thing? Uh, I had Michael Rappaport on yesterday yeah, with uh, Kevin it. Durant. Yeah. Uh, yes. You've been following this whole thing? Yeah. yeah I have. Was Rappaport wrong to release yes. the DMs? Yes. 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 Go ahead. Yes. Leave Expand it alone. on that. Oh, come on. First off, I mean, who cares? Number one. Number two, <laughs> I mean, Rappaport's almost like he's using, he's almost like using Durant to up his own thing. You know, look at this. I have Durant cursing me out. Let me go tell Howard that Durant's cursing me out. So part of, I don't even like that aspect of it. That's right. the first thing. Second <laughs> thing is, well, why are you getting involved with Durant for? Now, does Durant have some issues? Yeah, I, I, there's things about Durant I don't like. I hate the fact he went to Golden State when he left Oklahoma City. He took the easy way out. I'll be the first to admit. Now, he's a great player, and he loves to play, and I think he's a good kid, but he's too sensitive, and he shouldn't get into an issue with Rappaport. But, you know, you don't. You release that and make him look bad and get him a $50,000 fine and make Durant look like a bad guy. Well, why would you do that? Why would you because do that, Howard? Would you do that? So you wouldn't afraid. do it. No, no, no. It's ridiculous. Durant should not have had to pay $50,000 fine. Absolutely not. Everyone's a little too tight. Will the Nets have done that? Chris, will the Nets win the NBA title this year? They have Durant. They have the team. What is going to be? Give me your prediction. Well, first off, I don't like the idea that the Nets brought all these guys in to try to win an NBA championship. Why? You know, Durant. Durant doesn't know anything about Brooklyn. All of a sudden, he's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it, it's almost like they... But who knows anything I, about anywhere they play? It's you're, almost you're, like they cheated. You know, it's almost like they're bringing all the stars. I, I, it doesn't... But couldn't you say that of the Yankees of when the Yankees... Yeah, you sure to, can. But, and a lot of people say that. See, a lot of people say that. The Yankees go out there with the most money and bring all the players in. There's nothing that's inherent that's Yankee-ish. But the yes. Nets, it's the same kind of thing. And Kyrie Irving's a pain in the neck, by the way. You so could go, go back in history about lots of teams that have gone out and paid, rather than use the farm team, they've gone out and paid for big talent, and the whole thing flopped. It isn't a guarantee just because you got a bunch of high-paid guys. But in the NBA, it's a little more guaranteed because you got to have the great player to win. Right. And they brought three, and they brought three great players in. See, in baseball, just because you bring great players in, you know, the pitchers may not be good. You got 25-man roster. In the NBA, it's only a couple of guys you need. You don't need 10 guys. You need two or three guys. And so, so it, it, it's unbecoming. You know, how about Harden? Harden right. signed a $155 million contract to stay with the Rockets. They did everything for him. They brought Chris Paul in. They brought Russell Westbrook in. He realizes that he can't win. He's got a signed contract now. So he right. realizes he can't win. 
So he basically does, he shows up at camp 40 pounds overweight. He moans and groans. He basically acts like a jerk to get to get kicked out of Houston. That's not the right thing to do. You made a commitment to the franchise to pay you $150 million, $50 million a year for crying out loud. You don't act like that. And he did. And the Rockets, what are they going to do? They got to trade him. They can't have an unhappy star. So they trade him to the Nets. And then Harden's playing like an MVP. That bothers right. people. That bothers right. people. He was on Houston. Right. They did everything for him, Howard. They brought, they were every player. And by the way, he stunk in a big game. They, they, it's not like he didn't have a chance. They lost in conference championships, lost in game sevens. He couldn't throw the ball in the ocean off a boat. He was terrible. <laughs> he was terrible. And then all of a sudden, he realizes he can't win because he's got LeBron in L.A., so he can't win. So what he says is, you know what? I want out of here. So how do I make I got a signed contract, which I just signed. Guaranteed. Right. But I right. want out of here. So what am I going to do? All right, you know what I'll do? I won't show up at camp. I'll, I'll come 30 pounds overweight, and I'll make myself out to be a complete bore. And so they have to trade me. And that's what Harden did, and the Nets get him. So a lot of people don't like that, Howard. A lot right. of people don't like that. Well, you would don't Mickey like Mano that, too. Not, Would Mickey Mantle not try to get traded from the Yankees? You don't do that kind of stuff. Play. But why, but why can't the Knicks do exactly what the Nets did? Why can't the Knicks go ahead and get three great players? The Knicks are the greatest franchise ever. It used to be prestigious to play in New York. Right. What's going on there? Why can't I mean, well, I hope they... They don't do it because I like getting those courtside seats. I don't need <laughs> yeah, I love you. when you go. It's great when you go. Right. Uh, I'll tell you why they can't do it. Because they have not yet been able to recruit a star. And the NBA's big problem right now is the stars want to play with the stars. Right. LeBron, Anthony Davis wants to play with LeBron. Durant wants to play with Kyrie Irving. Harden wants to play with Kyrie Irving and Durant. The right. great player wants to win, and he wants to play with his buddy, who's also a great player. And the right. Knicks don't have any great players. So if Durant says, okay, now, can I go to the Nets when I have Kyrie Irving and I got a chance to win, or do I go play for the Knicks? We stink. I can't win. The media will give me a hard time if we don't win. The hell with it. I'll go. He don't know anything. You think Durant knows anything about New York City? And then you, the the, then you don't get the big sneaker your endorsement, and you don't he get all he gets the it, He gets it. Any, he gets it anyway. But do you think right. Durant wants? Does Durant want to be on a team that goes forty and forty-two and forty and gets knocked out in the first round of the playoffs, or does Durant want to go eight miles away to Barclays Center and right. play with Kyrie Irving, and they can win a championship, and he can do his thing in, in solitude? So he takes the easy way and goes to the Mets. That's the reason why the Knicks can't. They can't get a big star to take their money. That's what it comes down. to. Talk to me about Tiger Woods. I love how opinionated you are. Tiger Woods, to me, I think the guy psychologically just doesn't want to win. I think he's got a roadblock in his mind. I think he always sabotages himself. I think there's a psychological issue there. Agree or disagree? I think, I think the issue with Tiger are his parents. Yes. I, th- I, I think his, pa- his father was a pain in the neck. Uh, you know, they did not bring him up right. You know, mistrustful, hate the media. Now, they did a great job of creating a great champion. So you yes. can't, I mean, that's part of the deal here, too. you got to give him, I mean, he's the greatest golfer outside of Nicholas. He's the greatest golfer of all time. So you got to give him, they did a great job from that standpoint. I mean, he's superb. And but they, they can drive the kid crazy that, with their own so, hopes and desires. That, there's something to that. And I think Tiger's issue is the fact that, you know, he grew up in a, he grew up sheltered and protected. And, you know, then he got fame. He didn't. It's a lot going on with Tiger. And why did you, know, you not lo- push any? Why did you not push any of your kids to become great golfers or to become uh, superstar athletes? Well, first off, you got to be—you got to have that natural talent to begin with. 
Right. And, you know, Tiger, you know, when he's three years old, you, you know, but you've seen a famous video with yeah. Tiger on the Mike Douglas show with, of course. with Jimmy, with Jimmy Stewart, and Bob Hope. He's sitting up 100 yards as a two year old. My kids <laughs> couldn't do that. <laughs> so, so you got to keep that in mind. Now, I've always wished uh, who wouldn't want who what I have three boys. What, what dad does not want a kid? Did you sit him down and say, boys, you're disappointing me here. I'm a, I'm no, a sports can't announcer. I can't do that. You can't, can't do it. You wanted yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, you just you, couldn't do it. Well, I was the guy who used to go to the games and raise hell at the officials and, you know, give my kid a pep talk after a bad performance. And I right. realized I realized that, you know, I can't create the passion in them. Right. If they don't want it uh, badly enough, I can't create it for them. You, That's right. I, I can. I can. You were that bad sports dad who? Well, I wasn't a bad sports dad, but I was. <laughs> yes, he was too enthusiastic. <laughs> I was well, too you passionate. Know. I was too it's passionate. True. You and hit I it can, on the you, head. You hit it, it on the head because I remember I would take my daughters to karate. I wanted them to become like the next Bruce Lee. And I realized I can't put that on them. We went to karate. We said we punched the thing. We put on the uh, whatever that is, the Dakota. But, you know, if the kids, because even my kids say to me now, Dad, why didn't you push us harder? We would have been great. I go, I go, you can't push so hard unless you want to turn into right. Tiger Woods' father. That's it. I, and then drive you crazy. You can't. You put have, your, you, your parent, your kid has to have the passion to want to be great at anything he does. He has to have it. I can lead him to the water, but. And I took him to every game, and I set him up in every league, and I got him every lesson. I bought him the balls. I bought him the best equipment. I know I bought right. him the best pair of sneakers. I did this. I, I did everything you possibly can do. But I can't right. play for him, Howard. I can't right. play for him. I they can't make great. him go out there. I can't make him go out there at eleven o'clock in a four degree uh, Sunday morning to shoot baskets for for, for four hours. I can't you know make him think? go to a gym and shoot a hundred free throws. I can't make him do that. You know what I think. I don't think, you know, you say Tiger had the natural talent, blah, 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 blah. I still think if you have the desire, you can will yourself to be a great athlete. Yes, you can. You really can. You All can. right. Height is obviously an issue, but, you know, and strength. But, but still, you can will yourself if you want to be great at something. Because, like, you look at Eddie Van Halen with a guitar. This guy, he had some talent. A lot of people have talent. But he willed himself. He sat there and he played. By the way, how did you feel when Eddie Van Halen at the Grammys was not honored? He just got a quick two-second mention in, in memoriam. Was that wrong? Yeah, I, I didn't see that. I heard about that. You're a bit. Did you have? I'm sure you had Eddie on many a time, right, Howard? You had Eddie I've on? had Eddie on. Uh, I had his son uh, Wolfgang on recently after Eddie died. I've had Sammy on. I've had David Lee Roth on. But I thought Eddie should have been honored at 100%, the Grammys. Come on, hundred percent. Come on, hundred percent. That you are a thousand correct. That's I right. don't watch the Grammys anyway. I don't pay too much attention to that. But yes, a hundred percent right. But you can't. They get back to the kid thing with my kids and your kids. You yes. cannot. You do the. You, you have to lead them, but they have to find their way. They have to. You find are right. Way. And I don't think you, Tiger. I don't think Tiger had a great. I don't think Tiger had that normal childhood because all Tiger was doing was playing golf all day. And I think that right. has caused some trouble later on in his life. I think you're right. Now, one thing I was really shocked to see, I watched your son doing a broadcast. He is a sportscaster. Right. And well, he, wants I was, yep. he wants to be. He's got a little bit of you in him. I see him yelling and carrying on like a lunatic. <laughs> and then right. he calms down and then he's got, you know, listen, he's trying to find his own style. I was shocked how relaxed this kid was. 
So he's got a chance so, to be good. He got a chance to be good. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing for this? Kid? What happened? Uh, well, he's you know the funny thing is is that Craig Carton called me up because I I put Colin his name is Colin and I put Colin on our radio station and he's a big Jaguar fan. The Jets had a terrible loss to the uh, Raiders late in the year and it was important because who would get the top pick in a draft and he needed the Jaguars to have a better he needed the Jaguars and Jets record wise and to make a long story short the Jets lost a terrible game Raiders last play of the game and he was livid because he wants to get Trevor Lawrence the quarterback right. of the Clemson so he comes on my show I put him on at three o'clock and he screams and yells hey, what a <laughs> joke I can't believe it like me exactly right. like me. so Carton you know Carton the the, yes. uh, the the guy was in jail now he's at FAN and he called me up and said do you think Colin would like to go on with my son for a couple of hour, couple of hours over the holiday. Now, a lot of people thought I did a bad thing there, nepotism. Uh, how could Russo do this? If it wasn't Chris Russo's kid, what am I supposed to do? Tell the kid he can't go on FAN for a couple of hours over on December no, 30th? Let him do it. Of course he's going to do it. I'm an idiot. I got to let him do it. No, I didn't he's got listen. ability. I, I heard did my him. Own show. Yeah. Right, and I didn't listen. I, I didn't go with him. I let him take the train in. I let him do everything by himself. But he did two hours, and he's got he's got he's got some personality. How old is that he's kid? Got that good, he's eighteen, nineteen. He's eighteen. Just no, he's nineteen he want, in April. April eighteenth. April eighteenth. He's nineteen. I used to wonder would one of my daughters want to be on the radio? I mean, when the kids were young, I put them on the air and things like that. They have no desire. They don't want anything to do with it. They go, Dad, that's your thing. They they have their own professions. They do their thing. And God bless them. They don't want anything to do well, with this Colin, 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 I told all my kids I was coming on. And Colin is one of those guys who he's he follows the other time. Says, he says, make sure you show tell Howard about my rant. And I said, <laughs> I know, saw his come, rant. It, I said, I if it comes it. up, I'll get it in. Take it easy. But, you know, he's got a little possess. You know, he's got I was little, impressed with knows, that He's kid. 18 years old. I was yeah, impressed with him. At 18, I wasn't that relaxed. These kids, they are all relaxed. He's on there talking sports. I mean, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. But uh, wait here, I'll play a little. Here's Mad Dog's kid. I'll, I'll play some of it. Here we go. Let's, let's, let's listen in. And here he is. Here he is sending seven blitzers at midfield. Seven blitzers and another in spy. A guy spying Derek Carr? What? Is he going to throw it? Is he going to run? No, he's not. So here you are, Derek Carr <laughs> is evading in the pocket, and he chucks it deep to Henry Ruggs, the four-two-forty guy. <laughs> why? Yeah, why? And you know what is going on over there? That is fantastic. Uh, you know what's good? He knew that Henry Ruggs, the receiver, ran a four-two-forty. Yeah, that's what you like about it, Howard. He <laughs> knew his you. speed. He's a rookie. That's what you <laughs> like about Look it. Look at that's the smile you on your face. You love he, it. Oh, I'm no, proud, of, proud, I'm proud of all my kids. Yes. I'm proud all of right. all of them. But you know, you got him in sports. That's what you like. All right, let me see what you Anything wear. Else? Your we Go haven't told you. Okay, here's a couple of issues. Just fire it off. Piers Go Morgan ahead. is critical of Oprah for her big interview with Meghan and uh, Harry. Piers, uh, yeah, I heard about that. Did you watch that? I'm sure you did, right? You I did watch it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I thought some of it was a little peculiar. Some of the shit she was complaining about, I didn't get either. But now they was they Piers uh, uh, criticizing Racist. Oprah or Megan? He was criticizing uh, Megan. Both. And uh, yeah. it does it, it, they, they so they accused him of being racist, and now Sharon Osbourne got kicked off of the uh, the talk. Are you following all of this? Yeah, I did know about the Pierce Morgan thing. They kicked them off. Uh, you know, 
Listen, how does Meghan Merkel, and I shouldn't get involved in this because this is not my bailiwick. Let me get this straight. She goes out with Harry for a year and she does not know what she's getting into when she's going to become a princess. And there's one billion people in the world who are going to watch that wedding. She loved that day, I guarantee you. And they spent right. a fortune throwing that wedding. And then all of a sudden, in a couple of months, she says, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, uh, th- that is that is absurd. I mean, what did she do? What? Did, well, I looked at it in the books. So I wasn't sure what this. What do you mean? It's a year <laughs> for crying out loud. How do you not know what this is about being a princess? Oh, my Let God. Let me tell That's you. That's me I crazy. Would... I would love to be a princess. Are you kidding? I said to my wife, you, they, first of all, they hook you up, not in the main castle, but they give you your own little side castle. You got your own house. I mean, geez, you got your own absolutely. house. You, you got people. Home plane. You got everything. Yeah. Everything. You can go golfing all you want, day and night. They don't even bother you. They, they, they whatever you want to do. I, I would be very, and very here's good the other at thing. that. Well, well yeah. one other thing about that, one other thing about that, Howard. Yeah. If you want to change the world as they seem to want to, do me a favor. Don't live a block from the Pacific Ocean in Santa Barbara, California. Will you please? Go live in Yonkers. Go live Yonkers. in Yonkers. Actually, I mean, know the world that you want to change. Let yeah. me tell you. Am I, right or, am I right or wrong? Is that a fair You're point? Right. Is that you want to know something? I lived in Yonkers on Bronx River Road. Okay? I know what it is right. to live. I'd be an excellent prince. I'd change everything. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, listen, up, you know, they show you pictures of the two of them with their dog and the little kid on the Pacific Ocean. And they Come on, you can't change the you've, world in Santa Barbara, you've, California. You've, you've, inter- you've interviewed uh, A-Rod, I would assume, in the past. You know A-Rod. Yeah, you know his work. All right. What's going on with A-Rod and J-Lo? Will they stay together? Your prediction. Will they get married? That's right. Uh, A-Rod needs J-Lo more than J-Lo needs A-Rod. Exactly. Because uh, J- J-Lo, she's, she's fine. She's got a million fans. She can do movies. She can do anything she wants. A-Rod can't play baseball anymore. That's right. right. If it's not, if A-Rod, he's not hitting any more home runs. It's over. He's not also going to the Hall of Fame either. You can forget that. It's steroids. He's not doing that. So if A-Rod, if A-Rod doesn't have J-Lo, you think he's on ESPN every uh, doing Sunday Night Baseball and there's not a chance in America? You think he's on Fox? No. So he needs J-Lo actually more than J-Lo needs A-Rod. So if I'm A-Rod, you know what? I stay together with J-Lo. That's the way I handle that. That's You're a hundred percent again on the money. That is an excellent analysis of a man's life. J Lo is the juice. A Rod's got to toe the line. Uh, so who's this, trying to get out of this? Is it well? J-Lo? There was oh, rumors. There were rumors, Chris, that A Rod maybe was texting or something. But he's got to behave himself, and he's <laughs> got to stay in the J Lo business. You are a hundred percent correct on that. Now, are you watching? The controversial Woody Allen versus Mia Farrow, HBO. Where are you at with all of this? Everyone I have not watched the. I yeah, I don't know if they. <laughs> I haven't watched the fourth one. I did watch right. the first three. Um, you know, listen, that is a very creepy thing. There's no way that you know. I believe Mia Farrow. I mean, I think that they, uh, Woody probably did what he did. Plus, he married an 18 year old girl, which I also have a major problem with. Uh, but you know, Mia Farrow's what she got fourteen kids. She adopted fourteen. Is that the number? That's well, right. How, what That's is right. It, 14, Some, 18, something like that. Yes. She, it's hard to watch nuts, all too. those kids. Yeah. Yeah, she, she's nuts too. Uh, I mean, it's hard to you can't follow them. I mean, three or four <laughs> of them don't talk to her anymore. It's a mess. The whole thing is a mess. But if you're asking me, um, if Woody Allen is guilty of what she claimed that he did with the girl there, with the six year, what was her name? The six year old Dylan. Uh, Dylan, uh, yeah. the six year old girl. The answer, if you're asking me, the answer is yes. 
In other words, if you're on the jury, Woody's in big trouble. I would, yeah, would you agree? Uh, I think that, uh, first of Have all, I've been talking it? about, I, I haven't watched the whole thing, so I haven't seen any of this. But I do, uh, I, uh, I know Mia Farrow. She appeared in my movie. I find her to be a lovely, sincere woman. No one can take away Woody Allen's talent and this and that. But, you know, one thing I do know, you don't fuck around with uh, your, your, your girlfriend's daughter. You know, I'm not even talking about Dylan. I'm talking about uh, Sunni. You gotta, you, you gotta separate. There's gotta be somebody else for you beside that. Absolutely right. I mean, that not that creepy? Woody Allen yeah. is close to, is engaged and everything else, and he falls in love with her adopted daughter, who's seven. Well, that's very generous of, of you saying fall in love. He starts fooling around with. That's a better All way right. to put it. Well, yeah. you got it. Um, he's been married to her for what thirty years, so I guess I got. What's but that, that is Chris, very Chris, odd. this he is the most important interview. This is the most important. That's right. This is the most important interview we've done in a long time. You're letting it all hang out. We're hearing all all of your opinions. You are you lack no opinion. You have every opinion ready. Best movie ever to me is The Godfather. But what is a better movie, The Godfather or Godfather Two? Which is better? Boy, that's a good one. Yep. Uh, I think because of the novelty of it and the fact it was the first one and it's a pretty quick conclusion when he's, uh, you know, christening with his kid and, you know, they're, uh, and uh, they're all knocking. He's knocking off his, uh, the, the other people there. I would say one is better. Two can get a little confusing. Back and forth with De Niro, Vegas, uh, the trip to Cuba, you know, Diane Keaton in and out. I would say one is probably better than two. They are both great. Um, you know, two's got the better, you know, it's got the Nero in there, which one doesn't have. So right. you have the better, you got, you got a better ensemble cast. Now, two doesn't have Brando and one does. And Brando is so good in that. It's my, how good is Brando and Godfather one when he's with the little kid out there with the, fake with the orange in his mouth the, and, he, and he has the it, heart attack. Uh, how good is, is that scene? That's it is scene. the greatest acting ever. But to choose between one and two is almost impossible. I see your pain. Very difficult. I know you, you're, you're leaning toward one, but I can see as you're thinking. Yeah, it it's a tough call. I would say one. I would say All one, right. but I can. Fair it's enough. a tricky one. Now, this is something you're I don't know if you want to jump into this controversy or not, but who is going to win the title of Jeopardy host? Alex Trebek tragically huh? dies. He was one of the best talk, the game show hosts ever. We saw Great. Ken yeah. Jennings. My opinion I don't think he had the professionalism that uh, will that is required. Many people are impressed with Dr. Oz. Uh, they're saying he did a great job. Now they got a football player doing this thing. Uh, who's going to win that one? Katie Couric did a nice job. Who's going to get it? Anderson That's Cooper, maybe. You know, uh, I don't know enough about that, uh, okay. but I'll say one thing. This idea that Aaron Rodgers is going to quit football or whatever he's going to do to be a game show host, Aaron, don't take yourself so seriously. All right. Right. Play football. Right. Right. I mean, you're 36, 37 years of age. You're a Hall of Fame quarterback and you're still great. Play football. The idea now that Aaron Rodgers is going to stop what he's doing playing football and run and go do Jeopardy is a little much. Let's call it like we see it. No, you're lame. So that bothers me a little bit. As far as the uh, I did some Trebek stuff when he passed away. I had the executive producer on. So there's another yes. example of doing something different. Uh, That's but, right. I don't know enough about the. You would know that better than I do. You know, All seven right, o'clock. I'm not watching that. I don't know that. Fair one. enough. Go ahead. Fair enough. Give me uh, something else. All right. Uh, okay. Who's hotter? Okay. You're a man. You should know the answer to this. Margot Robbie or Emily Ratajkowski? 
Go ahead. Now I'm going to sound I'm going to sound stupid. Who are the two of them? All right. <laughs> he doesn't All know right, even one. All right. Who's the better actress? <laughs> Charlize Theron or Nicole Kidman? Go ahead. Kidman was very good in that HBO show, The Undoing. Oh, Fabulous. Boy, good in that. Fabulous. But Charlize that was a, Theron. That was great. Yeah, she's great, too. Charlize um, Theron won the Academy Award. Yeah, I'd have to say. Well, I'd have to say. Charlize. Kidman has I'd have an to Academy say. Award. Oh, she does. And she, and she yeah. was great. And you, Grant, and her were great in that. That was a oh, great yeah. five part. That Fantastic. was great. Very, very right. good. Have you had so Cranston you, on, by the way? Did you have Brian Cranston? Brian Cranston I've had on twice. That's, that's right. That, that's, that's a right. great spot. That's a great spot. Because he was by good Thy Honor. That was a great. Did you see Thy Honor, Your Honor? That was a great show. Did you see that uh, one? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that I haven't seen, but out. I watched. Oh, I watched he's, the, so he's, the judge in, he's the judge in New Orleans who has an accident. You didn't see that one yet? No, I haven't seen that. Did you see the uh, the one with the royal family, that whole big Oh, The song. Crown. I love the it. Crown. Oh, That's God, yes. That's yes. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I've seen that. Four, four seasons. I love it. I sure have. Is that yes. the best show on television right now, calling Netflix television, of course, anything that streams? Is that the best television show of all time? The Crown? No. How about Ozarks? I haven't seen that Ozarks yet, is- but I have to watch it. Ozarks is very, very good. Breaking Bad's probably the best one, right? That and The Sopranos. Breaking Bad and Sopranos. That's the the real question. The greatest show, the television yeah. show of all time. Unfortunately, uh, Chris was not Break- right. It is. It is The Sopranos. It is The Sopranos. Uh, 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 you know, I love Gail Dolphini. Uh, I tell you what, I just watched the other day. It was five years late that I loved Night of. Did you see the Night of? I think no. I did. What was that about? It was on HBO. That was about the, the kid from Pakistan who takes his father's cab and he picks up to go out one oh. night and he picks up a girl and yes. the girl ends up dead and they throw mm. the kid in jail at Rikers Island and they got to try to get him out. It's eight part episode with John Turturro as the, um, as his defense attorney. Oh, that is a That's great good. You know, that was a British That's show. That's a good show. That was a That's British a show. show. They've made an American version. It was on HBO, and you know Gandolfini's the executive producer, and he was going to play the lead role, but then he had the heart attack and couldn't. Wow! So they got Turturro to do it, and he's very good in the show. Have you seen? Where are you? You'd like that one. I haven't seen that that one. Where are you at with the Sopranos ending? Was it a good ending or was it a bad ending? No, it was a bad ending. That was a bad ending. That was a bad ending. Thank you. I haven't. You you wanted somebody to walk in and knock them off. They were having a lunch there in that little diner. That was a bad ending for crying out loud. Yes. That's right. That's right. But I love the show. The show's good. You happen to be right about that. That, that You're right about it. Great show, bad ending. Yes. Great show, bad ending. 100%. It happens. It's happened before. Listen. I also I didn't like the fact that Gandolfini killed uh, Mikey and Polio there. When he, how he did it, he put the bag over uh, it, you know, and they were dry. I didn't like that. When he killed Michael, I didn't like that either. But anyway, go ahead. Why didn't you like Remember that? that? Because, it was, you know, he was, and Polio, he was so good in that show. You hated to see Gandolfini knock him off. You know, he knocked him off because he was right. worried about him or something. Oh, yep. I hated that for crying out loud. Hated but that's, uh, but, life hey, but that's what it means life, to life be in up. that, yeah, life that group. Yeah. Should, okay, final question. Should people invest in baseball cards? I think it's stupid. I don't these like box it. My kid, openings, my kid, these card my, box openings. My kid JD works for me here. He's not such a kid anymore, but he's busy investing in baseball cards. I think it's a mistake. I don't like it. What do you think? I never did the baseball cards when I was a kid. Uh, I don't like the idea. Well, I have a Hannes Wagner card, and I can sell it and make $350,000. There's got to be a better way to make a living than selling an Hannes Wagner card from 1910. It was on the Pirates, by the way. Uh, right. Or I have, a, I have, you know, Joe DiMaggio's rookie card in 1936. 
So let's have a bidding war for it. Who the hell wants wow. a baseball card? What it's are you going to do? Crazy. What, what are you going to put the shoebox and put it in the attic? Uh, what are you going to do with the baseball? You can't do anything with it. We can look at it all day. It's Joe DeMaio. Who cares? So the members do your business. I can't get into it all. Jeff, and here's my uh, problem with it. Some way there's a company that the... is busy. Uh, sorry, but somewhere there's a company right now that can print these things out and reduce your the value of the card right away. If there's more of them, it's the old yeah. card that everybody loves. It's that old historical card. Right, Go ahead, but Robert. now they have these card breaks or something where people buy in you don't even know what's in the box there you go and they Come open on. it up and then they parcel it out to people and maybe you'll get you know one of those old cards but you probably get a bunch of junk yeah i don't know why people would get wrapped up in that i can't get into that that card business howard is not for me i can that's less. right chris I, I, i'm not interested now, autographs and cards i don't understand why, can, why anybody wants an autograph or why anybody wants a card i can't understand that Chris, now that pot is legal, will you try Seth Rogen's new weed? He started a weed company. There's a lot I of hate to say this. Uh, it's probably yeah. going to get me in trouble, and I probably shouldn't say it, but to you, I will. And Good. since you bring up pot, you know what? Uh, you know what I occasionally do to mellow out a little bit? The Valium. gummies. Oh, the gummies. gummies. Oh. oh, yes. The yeah. gummies. <laughs> the gummies. Oh, really? You know what the gummy you know, is? Yes. It doesn't have all the after effects. You take the gummy, and in an hour and a half, you're starving, and you're half in a bag. What the hell? Why not? <laughs> When you say you do the gummy, I know what you're talking about. They tell, sell them like candy. You got to be very careful with them because you eat it and you think, oh, nothing happened. But then all of a yeah, sudden it takes it hits 40 you. minutes. It takes 40 minutes. And so you can't take the full one because then you're going to be completely out of it. So you got to be careful of how you handle it. And, you know, you do it when you know you got five hours. You're not going to be bothered. No radio to do and everything else. Mm. Your kids are away. You can just, you know, watch a ball game or something. Or watch you, Queen's Gambit or something like that. So I, I occasionally I would do that. Because you're so, you know, you're a high-strung guy. You got a lot of opinions. You're very, you know, you're in your face. When you're on weed, do you totally just veg out? Or do you become yes. the opposite of Chris Russo yes, on the yeah, radio? You yes, do. I veg. Yes, yes. Will you yes, ever yes. videotape yourself or no, do a I radio do show? Can you I, do no, one radio no. show? Would you come on here I with your gummies? Could. I, I yeah. probably could. If you gave me a gummy, you got to give me 40 minutes. I should try that one day. You know that? Yeah. What the hell? Yes. I've never done hell? that. How about I take right. a gummy at about 1.30 in the afternoon and I Go can ahead. do a monologue at 3.05. The serious would love that stuff. They love that stuff, serious. Yes. You and I have a ball. How about this you and I what... together? We'll do a gummy together. I'll get your gummy. You can put it in your yogurt. The I, the, I know you want to work you. on the nutrition. Put the yogurt in and we'll do three hours, you and me. We'll have a ball. Yogurt. You're going to be mellow, dog. I know it. It's going to be no, great. No, I won't. I would fight through it. You and I on a gummy, and for four hours, we'd have a ball, the two of us, for crying out That's loud. That's right. Talk about our own so, careers. We'd have a I don't know if everything I would, would tune be in. called a ball. I <laughs> would tune too. in. I would tune in if I could. I don't know. They make an announcement, Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM. Today, Mad Dog is taking a gummy. We're going to, get, <laughs> we're going to give him a gummy uh, 40 minutes before the show. When he signs on, you're going to hear him. On a gummy. And when you take a gummy, how much is in this thing? I mean, in other I words, I get it's... goofy. I get goofy. You know, I laugh. I do silly things. And that's what, that's what it does. I feel good. Uh, you know, but you can't take the whole thing. It's a little chewy thing. And yes. you know, you, so you, you gotta just take, you take all of it. You, you might be out of it for, an, for a day. I can't do that. <laughs> and I do have to function. So I take the half of the damn thing. And when I take, you know, I take it after a show on a Friday night sometimes. Right. Right. But my wife and you like it. Us, but go ahead. Your wife will not partake in the gummies. Only no, you do it. No, no, only no, no. And She's I won't drive. I won't do anything stupid like that. I mean, right. I, you know, I'm going to I'll take a walk around the neighborhood. Maybe I'll walk the dogs. You know, I do. 
I'm not bothering anybody, right? I'm not, I'm not ever, committing a crime. I, I remember back in the day when I did, you start to feel amorous sometimes. Will you ever say to your wife, listen, I've taken a gummy. I'm nice and relaxed. This is it. Let's go. It's, 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 it's bang <laughs> yeah, o'clock. Not a bad idea. Go get him, Howard. No, yeah. take, I need a couple for that. Not a bad idea, baby. Yeah, you could still get it. Not a bad idea. You, yes, you're not sir. a man. You got a full head of hair. You're fine. I still I mean, got my really, hair. Yes. No, it would be fabulous. I think you should promote it. I think it would be a big deal. You you you, you, you build it up for two weeks. You're going to come on with the gum and take a fucking whole gummy. Forget it. Let's just oh see what God. happens to you. Yeah. You know what? I, I should think of that's a good promotion on a dead day in the summertime. Yep. And there's nothing going on. That's you a gotta good promotion. You got to do what you got to do. You got to I mean, do listen, it. Look what they did in the 60s with all the pot and everything else that they did and the heroin and all the drugs they didn't seem to hurt them they were very creative so what the hell maybe i'd be more creative with the gummy listen <laughs> the people have done shows where they drink alcohol i've done them you, 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 you take the weed and you see what happens to you are you is it a it is a very what kind of weed are you get? i mean what kind of gummy are you getting people want to be I, like you people want to uh, be like I, you. where I, do you get this i you know i I have somebody has, I, I got it for a Christmas gift, number one. Okay. A, pa- Go ahead. a package of it. Can you imagine right. I got a package on my little, uh, my little stocking? Uh, what is this? <laughs> Gummies. That's what I got. I, a little, I swear to God. I, I swear I got it. So I don't know where that person came up with, but you know, it's legal, it's legal in states, isn't it? Can't you get them yes. in Colorado? Some states. You can't. Absolutely. Uh, but you can't, you can't take them to the airport, right? You got to ship them or something. I, That's right. I don't go out there and commit the crime per se, right. but I right. will partake in the crime once you have it. So if you're sure if you got it illegally, I don't give a crap. Give it to me. I'll well, give you what the hell. This doesn't have any brand name on it or anything. It's not Yeah, Martha because of the name. Hum- uh, hummies or something? Or hummies? Hummies. 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 The I, go, hummies. I, can get, I got it downstairs. I can go, go show it to you. Chris, here's what we've learned. First of all, you've been tremendously open today. You talk about your drug addiction. You talk about your uh, Your drug addiction. (laughs) Let's not go carried away. I'm joking. (laughs) Listen, it's okay if you want to relax. What do you got? You got you got to relax, too. You got to make sure make sure. uh, You know, I won't take it before I play a sporting event uh, because then I'll lose my focus. But. I mean, I take the Valium on a plane when it almost crashed. What's the difference for crying out loud? Right. That, 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 that mellowed me out. I mean, jeez, why not? So um, if right. I did that, I can take a gummy occasionally. Listen, everyone loves Mad Dog Chris Russo. Let me tell you about this guy. You say whatever you want. This guy's had a long career. He's opinionated. He, it, that's the secret. He's got an opinion about everything. And he studies the game. What game? All of them. He's an expert on all of it. You got. You ask him a question about um, uh, TV shows. He's got an opinion. You ask him. This is what a great broadcaster does. In other words, you ask him. You, you say, "Who's better, Godfather one or two? He's got an answer. He doesn't even know if he's right, but he's right because he says he's right, and that's the game. That's what's great about it. Got to uh, sell. You got to sell the opinion. You got to sell the opinion. Is what you got. You got That's right. It's got to be backed up with facts. I asked you about Tiger Woods. He came up with something profound. I like it. You talk about uh, how he was raised. This is all good stuff. Did you watch the Tiger Woods? Uh, oh yeah, I sure did. I yeah, love the book. I love the. I love the book. The book is. Uh-huh. It's based on the book. You know that book came out a couple of years ago. Armored Contain and Ben. I thought there was a little bit of a piling on aspect with the with the two part thing. I mean, geez. Mm-hmm. I mean, they re- the last fifteen minutes. They you know they focused on his Masters win, but they did pile on a little bit. But the book is a great book. They did a great job with the book. I'm sure Tiger didn't like it. And I and Tiger is a guy. You one thing about Tiger, you have to admire how great he is. That's right. And if you and if and, if, and Howard admires 
um, Howard Amaya's greatness. Yeah, whatever they, what a, he is. He likes the musicians. Musicians who are great. How, uh, Tiger is so great at what of he course. does. You have to admire that, and he's a great competitor. And you have to tell admire your that. son. Tell it. your son. He's he got a chance, doesn't he? Does it? Does he got a chance, Colin? Look, he got a chance look, to be good, right? He yes, he's he's got something, but he needs a nickname. Remember when you were just Chris Russo? And yeah, then Mad they, Dog they, comes through. Yeah, Mad Dog yeah. comes through. We got to call this kid something. Yeah, not Mad Puppy. Something on his own. Something on, <laughs> something on his own. Something yeah, no. If he's yeah, Mad Puppy, different. then he's just being the old man. That's bad. Got to yeah, be. Right. That's he, no good. You got to be something. He's got to be different. Yeah, he shouldn't even be mad. You know what I mean? He's got got to do his own thing. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Totally agree. Christopher Mad Dog Russo. Everybody knows him. Everybody knows he should be in the Radio Hall of Fame. That's what everyone is hoping for. You can hear Mad Dog Unleashed. Get it? Unleashed? Weekdays at 3 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. This guy's broadcasting constantly from his house. Go to Channel 82. Check him out. Check out Chris's podcast, Digging Up the Past, which looks at the history of the NCAA men's. I know you, we know we not podcast. This one is, it's four parts. This one's very good. If you like, and I know it's on the Sirius XM app. Everybody loves the Sirius XM app, right? It's terrific. Very good. Very good. Very good. And now we got a new CEO. And I like that we have a woman. Uh, uh, Howard, do me a favor. All right. You know how much I love you? Not, let's not wait five years, huh, please? No, listen to me. That's I don't bother five you. When you no, got I, something I, I, to say. No, no, when you no, got, no. I can't. I'm not going to invite myself. Robin, all right, tell, I'll invite you. Let's not wait five years. You know, once a year. And we come back okay. and have back, some fun. Howard. How's that? Once yeah. a year? Is that good? Uh, uh, listen to me. What's today's date? Do you know? Yeah, today is the uh, 6th the of April. Yeah. 6th of, of April. 2021. And how well, about come back. Come back in 2022. We'll do it. April 6th. Okay. All right. April, so we can do the eight if yeah, you do that. don't do that. get a call, Chris, call us because we just forgot. No, I'm going to call you. You don't <laughs> yeah, have, you to, have call to call me. Uh, we're, we're cool. We're, we're yeah. cool. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you having me on. Her. I can't tell you. I love I having you on. And when you come on next time in a year, I want you on the gummies. Okay? I <laughs> yeah, I, that's a go. I promise. I promise <laughs> I'll have an early morning gummy yeah. and I'll take the afternoon off. Oh, just my God. You do me a favor. If you're going to do the gummy thing on the air. Make Tell sure I know it? about it so, so I can promote it. I want to promote it. All right. Uh, you want me to do the gummy on the air? You want me to try that? I have plenty of them. I got Listen a stock that lasts me a year. Why is it lasting you a year? How often are well, you doing gummies? Well, uh, you know, uh, once a week, maybe. Uh, but That's my wife it? will kill me when she hears it. Uh, yes. Um, no, a couple of times. Wait a minute. I got to work, Howard. I can't do it every day. For what do you mean your wife's going to kill you? Are you well, doing they, this behind they think her my back? My lovely wife wants to hear me talk about her dopey husband doing a gummy before he works on the radio. I mean, do the on, kids bro. know you're doing gummies or are you keeping that from them? They actually got them for me, to be honest with you. But no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're telling you. I swear that's true. Down. That's true story. I swear that's a true story. Will um, you take gummies with the kids? Will no, you do that? I won't do, no, I won't you do that. You do it I'm on not your naive. Own. My kids are in college. I'm not naive. I mean, I'm right. sure kids in college do. What do you think? I'm stupid. They, I know they do things we shouldn't want them to do, but you got to let them be in college. Chris, are you afraid that you are going to promote this show where you do gummies? You're going to do it. You're going to you're going to wait 40 minutes. You're going to come on the air. Are you afraid you could go berserk and go get high and get naked on the radio? Like <laughs> do something completely out of character. Could it happen? Uh, not impossible. Not right. impossible. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing I'm going to do. I am going to play Bob Dylan songs until the cows come home. At those <laughs> Good. I'll Do play it. Back Pages. I'll play Shelter from a Storm. I'll play Like sure. a Rolling Stone. Uh, it Ain't right. Me, Babe. I will play so many freaking songs. And then I'll throw in that first album with Helplessly Hoping with Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Teach Your Children and America Express and Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. Let I will, me tell uh, you Ohio, something. Ohio, 
All Let those, me tell you something. Uh, almost cut I, my hair. Oh, I will play all those songs. I all, like this game plan very, very much. And I'm going to tell you something. When you do this gummy show and you're playing Dylan and you're naked and everything, it's going to be a big hit for you. It's going to be your highest rated show. And then after that, let's not look too far into the future, but maybe you do a show on methamphetamine. Like oh, let's not go crazy. No, <laughs> Come on. Let's not no, go crazy. No. You know what I mean? Heroin in the mix here. <laughs> Take it easy. Heroin. You want me, heroin. You want me dead for crying out loud? If, if, it if, if it's a hit, you're going to have to do a LSD. You're going to have to do every no, mushrooms. No, 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 it's no, going to no. be let's wild. Do the, the, let's do the guy. But I will, that's a good idea. We will All set right. up a promotion where I'll do a gummy before the program. I would Serious love to care. hear this Serious show. Serious care, right? I, I want to hear. Yeah. No, serious. Check with Sirius first. You got to check with Jennifer Witts. Make sure they're okay. That's right. right. Don't, uh, the two of you now, don't go anywhere. Stay, uh, stay with us here on Sirius We have nowhere to go. Robin and I <laughs> are right. looking at each other. Yeah, we're yeah, both locked keep up Keep on in doing our houses. the good shows. Keep on By doing the, the good way, shows. I have healthy. to ask one question, Chris. Uh, is there any chance you will show up, uh, somewhere having forgotten your pants when you're doing a broadcast? Pants. Are no. you at broadcasting home, home without possible. pants? I, at home, it's possible. Yeah, you know, okay. at home because you know you well, don't you, you, don't, you see, don't think of it. You just go up to you your see a lot of people. Robin's referring that a lot of people with the Zoom. They come into a room, they decide just to wear a shirt, no pants, oh, and then they, I, oh, they, they re- get, oh, do they really? That's wow. right. Yeah, wear your pants. it winds up on TV. Wear your pants. You know, sometimes I try to dress up, especially on a Monday, because yep. if I dress up, I will take the day a little bit more seriously. And yes, I won't just go hum through it. I'll put a nice outfit on. That will make right. me think I'm going into the city and keep me motivated. I yeah. do that. Son. I don't know how, how let it me feels tell about you, that. Let, let me but tell I you, think notice something to that. I am wearing my work clothes when nice I shirt. do the radio show I do. And I'll tell you why. I learned from prisoners of war during World War II. When the British were captured, they would brush their teeth. They would get dressed up. They would shave. They were prisoner of war, but it kept them in the game. They You're kept doing their your, uniforms pristine. That's right. That's right. You should be getting dry. I see what you're wearing today. I wasn't going to say anything. Well, I, I wore see. this today because I want to feel relaxed with you, and I love this great T-shirt. Now, I, right. would not wear, I would not wear this normally, but I want to be relaxed with you so we can do a good interview because that's my main goal. And I'll feel better. If I come here dressed up, I'll feel a little too stuffy. But well, if I come here, a little, that- I'm actually wearing shorts, see? Let me I'm see. Let me see shorts. how you look. Let me see your legs. You happen to have got, a. You, you, you yeah, have I an got athletic. the shorts on. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. So I, I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt today because I want to feel. I want to be in the right frame of mind to do a proper spot with you. The reason Robin asked you if you'll ever do a show without your pants. This woman is constantly scanning television, hoping to see penis. That's her thing. That's what she. Loves. I don't think that. I don't yeah. think that's oh, it's so. It's very true. She'll tell you off the air. Uh, it's listen. amazing how much I've seen. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm not sure you have. Yes. <laughs> seen, the woman's been around. Chris, congratulations. Mad Dog Russo. You're the, wild. you're the best, Howard. You're the best. You're, you're the best here. Mad Dog Unleash weekdays at 3 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Everybody loves it. Channel 82. I'm going to get that book you told me to read. Yeah, please. Uh, lock me on the order. Ronald Brownstein. I swear to God, you would definitely. Uh, here's what I want you to do. Get the book. Read 30 pages, and then I want you to say, you know what? Rousseau was right. This book is damn good. That's what I want to hear. I'm sure you have. Yes. (laughs) The woman's been around. Chris, congratulations. Mad Dog Rousseau. You're the the best, Howard. You're the best. You're you're the best here. Mad Dog Unleash weekdays at 3 p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. Everybody loves it. Channel 82. I'm going to get that book you told me to read.
Yeah, please, uh, lock yeah. me on the water, Ronald Brownstein. I swear to God, you would definitely. Here's what I want you to do. Get the book, read 30 pages, and then I want you to say, you know what, Russo is right. This book is damn good. That's what I want I'll you, you to say. I'll do you I one better. You I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Like Oprah, I'm going to start a book club with you. I'm going to call you, <laughs> and we're going to discuss the book. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Why don't you do that? I love Two that stuff. Let's Two have, a, let's have a, book? a book club. I love that stuff. Good one. Good now one. Listen. We'll do that. When you when you have the book club, don't yell at me. But you can calm down. You take a gummy, and then we'll do the book club. Yeah, those <laughs> gummies are coming <laughs> right. in handy. I got to take a lot of gummies for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Mad Dog Russo, hear him on Mad Dog Radio weekdays, three p.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel eighty two. Check out Chris's podcast, Digging Up the Past, which looks at the history of NCAA men's basketball t- tournament. Now available on the Sirius XM. Thanks, Chris. It was great. Howard, to, uh, I love you very much, Robin. Thanks right. for it's a with me. Pleasure to Howard, see you, Howard. Oh, Howard, by the Howard, way, hey, I love hey you. before you I go, love you, Howard. I, I love, love you too. Before yeah. you go, I know you got to go, but listen to this. Our boss, Jennifer Witz, is on the phone. She wants to talk to you. She says, oh. "Go ahead, Jennifer. Tell him." Stern, Mad Dog, you two are killing it. Our stock just went up from two cents to two point one four cents. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Listen, what do you better you... take that gummy, Mad Dog. I need them. I need more than one. Jennifer, what is the stock right now, anyway, it's good. I don't want to talk about it. Jennifer. <laughs> yes. You like the idea that Chris is going to take the gummy? I love it. We're going to fill him with more drugs than Belushi. <laughs> oh my! All right, there you go. She's excited. She's on board. She's on board. She's all in. Oh, Howard, you <laughs> are right. the man. Keep in touch. You now. are too. All you right. know I love you. Once a year now. Give me a break. Once a see year. See you in a year. On. See you in a year. Okay. All see you in a year. Later. All right. All right. See there later. he is. Is your boyfriend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris Russo. You didn't see penis, but you saw those legs in those shorts. Oh, the that legs. Was... He yeah. looks like he's gotten some sun. Yeah, why don't we get some sun? <laughs> why is he getting sun? Where's he finding sun? Yeah. I haven't seen the sun in a year. <laughs> Uh, the stock is actually six dollars and thirty cents. Somebody just wrote. Uh, me. As it was what was it before the uh, the before interview? the Russo interview? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. See, if we I'm moved sure it the went. Needle. I bet you moved the needle at least thirty cents <laughs> when they heard he was going to take a gummy. I don't know. Anyway, nice guy. I always like Chris Russo. I always like oh, seeing him in the what hall. What a pleasure! Yeah, yeah. One thing about him though, whenever I see him in the hall, he shakes your hand very hard. I. I'm yeah, so one glad one guys. one of those guys with, with like Kreskin, you know, shake your hand really hard. And uh, um, one of the good things with the pandemic, I think we're done with shaking hands, right? I think I think it's over. I am. I would say that you have yeah. a right now to say I do not shake hands. Yeah, I went somewhere the other day and somebody shook my hand. They grabbed my hand and shook it. I was, I was mortified. I went. I got the lotion. I got everything. I I was. But you could my. say, look, let's not do that. You know, pandemic. You want to know what? I didn't think fast enough, and they just right, they were right on that hand. I was. I know. Well, I out. wanted to talk to you about that because uh, still, I have no clear understanding of what you can do in the new age of the vaccine. Don't do anything. What? Stay home. <laughs> you look. We're definitely done with hugging. That's over. Oh, doubt. now hugging is the safest thing you can do. No. Yes, it close. is, because you're not making hand-to-hand combat, and you can turn your head, and so you're not facing each other, so you can hug. No hand. I, I saw my father for the first time in a year, and 
He's like, no, 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 we don't have to get started hugging and shaking hands. You know, like enough of that. Go yeah. away. <laughs> well, at least your yeah. father. See, your father says what he wants. Don't hug me. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't listen. Whenever he tells me, I, I just I give him a hug. You All went right. right through that defense. <laughs> yeah, it felt weird not to. Anyway, uh, Robin. What can I say? We had a jam-packed show, and tomorrow we do it all over again. So we'll see you tomorrow. There's we plenty will to get to. We reconvene. Yes. Reconvene tomorrow. See you then. Bye. Be here.